going to get the win. He's going to get close to 15 strikeouts. So basically, this is just all the potential outcomes for Trevor Bauer and the likelihood of each and what he's going to do in every specific category. All right, that's going to do it. Hopefully, this has given you a good idea of what the bet is, what it's all about, and how it can help you build your DFS lineups. The most important thing to remember, regardless of what you're using to build your DFS lineups, is this. Baseball is a long season. It has a lot of variance. You are going to go through periods of being very hot, where you feel like you can't lose. And you're going to go through periods of being very cold, where you feel like you can't win. That is just the nature of the beast. That's how baseball works. And the best way to get through it is to have a strong process. I truly believe that the bat sets you up with that strong process. It comes with strong sabermetric methodology that is used in major league front offices. It has had elite results in accuracy tests. And if you pay attention, you'll notice that some of the sharpest players in DFS are using the same types of plays that the bat is going to be recommending for you. Users will also tell you that the customer service you get with the bat is second to none. I am always more than happy to answer any questions you have. If you are thinking about buying it or whether you're already a subscriber, always feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Hardy. I try to respond to every single tweet and DM that I get because I want everyone who uses the bat to have a very fun and successful and positive experience. That's going to do it. If you have any questions, as I said, feel free to reach out and good luck this season. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the draft show here on Roto Grinders. I am Britt Devine uh, here with Grant Niefer, aka Turd Ferguson, aka Beer Chugger, aka Sweeper of all games. Last time we did this show, Grant, what's up, my man? Yeah, no, I swept all the games we did on the show, and then the one second or semifinal, like their big uh, live final thing, I got second because someone hit a home. It was Muncie. Got 28 points in the final game of the night. I'm like, well, this is great. Tell people, but, uh, I, I don't do the the live final things that draft. I, I mainly do the best balls and the daily stuff. Give them, uh, give them a little plug here. Tell the people about the live final stuff they do because I, I would yeah. know more about it than I do. Uh, yeah, so I think it's basically like, I think it's a 100K live final with 10 entries, I would assume. It might be 10, 12. I'm not sure about the exact number, but since they're – also partnered with FanDuel. They are going to have the live final at the FanDuel live final. So that a little bit out of your price range, you can try for these. There's generally three to four rounds in each qualifier that gets you to a semifinal round that I believe is an eight-person draft. 
you win that and you're going to San Diego, all expense paid, blah, 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 same live final thing as always. You're just in a slightly smaller live final, which honestly, I enjoy the smaller live finals than the bigger live finals. Well, the draft one, it's, I mean, it's just, there's no overlap in a draft live final. So that's always a, a good part. Yeah. Oh yeah. You you know, you're not worrying about ownership at all. It's literally, literally just caught up in the moment. Do what you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are fun. If you want to try those, they got a bunch of different tournaments too. And uh, some of you, you know, we just started the draft shows up again, uh, basically a week ago, if you are new and you don't, Hey, I don't know what draft is or anything like that. Uh, as Grant said, uh, they're owned by the same company that owns FanDuel. It's kind of like their snake draft version. Um, mainly played on their app. You can get it from your Android or Apple store. You download it. And when you sign up, use promo code grinders Thing get you a small ticket to play a game for free. And uh, it's more like snake drafts. You're used to playing NFL snake drafts come season long. It's like that, but it's daily. They have them for all sports, baseball, basketball, football. Uh, if you like football, I'm in like 8,000 football drafts already. Uh, I think we're doing a best ball show next week as well. So keep your eye on that. Uh, I'll be hosting that one as well. To, you'll get all the, uh, the fire takes on that one. Um, but it's a fun product. Grant, one of their biggest power users. Grant, did you you went from eighty one thousand games last week? What are you up to? Eighty two thousand games? I, I mean, I had a wedding and wedding stuff all week oh. long. So I honestly, like most of mine, I play tons during football and basketball season. Baseball, I try and go with their tournaments a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's what I find a little bit more profitable because stacking is a bit of a decent strategy when it's a winner take all. So it's all four mans and tournaments for me. But unlike basketball and football. I either win everything or lose everything every day. So a little bit more volatile. Yeah. Well, who would expect that out of a, out of a baseball product, right? Right. Um, all right. So I got a couple things I want to talk to you about. The first thing is if you want to play along on today's show, I need you to follow me on draft to get the invites. And then you got to play fastest finger with the other 500 people that are following me. So how do you follow me in the bottom right of your app? It says profile. You click that. It brings you to this screen in the top right of that, there's a little plus with a person. You click that, and then you simply type in my name, Britt Devine. Oh, it would help, Grant, if I spelled it correctly, and my, my name would actually show up. Uh, so it's just Britt Devine, my normal name. You would follow me, and then anytime I want to post a game, pretty much at any time, I don't spam uh, invites or anything like that. It's pretty much just during the show. You will get the invite to the show, and then you're going to have to click very fast to get in. Um, because we got a little bit smaller slate today. I'm going to keep the game size a little bit smaller, and we'll be able to have some fun. So will you guys do that? Uh, i got to talk about a couple other things going on here at Roto-Grinders. Um, some of you guys, you know, we have Roto-Grinders Premium, and Roto-Grinders Premium, you know, it can be a, a tall task. It's somewhat expensive sometimes, month-to-month basis. If you're looking to grab uh, a month of Roto-Grinders Premium for free, well, we have a way to do that that you might not know about. It's called our, uh, I think we call it our Show Your Badge or the RG Badge Promotion. Devin, if you want to drop the link, go ahead and do that. Uh, what it does is it can allow you to get uh, a free month of premium. All you got to do, DraftKings or FanDuel, upload the Roto-Grinder symbol onto your, uh, you know, your profile page. That's all you got to do if you happen to get a top 10 of a select tournament and uh, you just uh, contact support or whatever you got to do. Hey, let them know. I just won $50,000 on DraftKings. I got my badge uh, showing on, on Roto-Grinders. And you'll get a free month of premium on it. So it's pretty easy uh, to happen on that. And uh, Grant, it doesn't suck that we get Roto-Grinders premium. I think we kind of take it for granted when we work here, right? But uh, uh, getting a month of it free uh, certainly ain't bad. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely... It, 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 RG premium is pretty much... I don't use other sites. I know some other guys you go to the other sites and use a lot of their tools. It's pretty much just RG stuff for me. 
And yeah, I mean, you have everything you need. Honestly, I could just do with baseball, just cheese article and plate IQ. It'd be the easiest thing in the world. Cheese, plate IQ, lineup builder. I'm good to go. That's all I need too. That's uh, I used to do a, a bajillion tabs of fan graphs every day. Now it's just, uh, you know, you got plate IQ. You got all your new bullpen stuff in there as well. If you want to check out some bullpen, uh, they're always improving it behind the scenes. You got cheese's article. You got the lineup builder, which always has improvements. What else do you need, right? Yeah, yeah. It's literally got everything. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Let's kick off the draft portion of this show for baseball. I'm going to create a draft, and I think we're going to start with the uh, the standard. Does that sound good for you to start, Grant? And we'll play for a buck. We'll give out some tips, and then we'll up the stakes. How about a little? So you can sweep everybody's money uh, once again. How about that? Sounds good to me. Just tell me when you're creating it. All right, I'm going to make an eight. Actually, you know, I'm going to start with a six-man to start um, just to kind of make sure we can get this filled. You ready? Yep. All right. Boom. Let's do this. All you guys just got an invite. Who's got the fastest finger? Let's find out. I see Grant, uh, Jay Thorpe, uh, NY Jets, a BWB, and we need one more in here. I'm sure that'll that'll go off in a second. So I played a couple of these pre-show. There are some sneaky plays out there. I don't know if you've happened to, to dig down into the nether regions towards the bottom, Grant, but there's some good plays down there. Uh, the one thing I don't think there's any must-have bats today. I also think there's no must-have pitchers because we just did a six-man, and I think there's six very viable pitchers. Uh, a lot of the drafts I was seeing, there's a lot of variance in what's happening today. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, six-man's pitchers kind of irrelevant. Like honestly, the would, difference would between you the say top... they don't matter? Like I wouldn't you... quite say that. Um, you can get a small edge. I mean, to me. Like if you like a pitcher, you can go early, but I'm I'm just gonna wait until the end. There's no point in going pitcher first compared to batters unless you don't know exactly what your strategy is gonna be, uh, or if there's just not someone you really like. I mean, obviously Mike Trout's pretty much the top guy almost any given day, um, but I'm going ballsy. I'm going David Peralta. You like uh, you're gonna take Peralta. Uh, I mean, that's got the highest total of the slate today. So is is that what you're keying in on? Or it's just that, you know, Trout and Yelich and all these other guys, just no one has that amazing matchup today, basically on, on either pitchers or on the hitter side. Yeah, so basically it's 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 kind of the high total, but realistically it's more, it gives me like an option to pair one or two other guys with Peralta there. Whereas if I took Yelich, if I took Trout, I don't want to take anyone else from that lineup. It's just, I know that's a power one-off. And it doesn't give me much options later on in the draft. I basically just stuck starting over if I want to stack anything up, or I'm just going straight up power bats all the way through. So going Peralta, I can obviously go with anyone else from that lineup, or I can just completely forgo that. And I mean, I'm at the beginning, so I have the two picks in the row. I can figure out what I want to do as soon as it gets to me. I can still go Lindor, Ramirez, both on the board here. I can go them one, two, and then hopefully pair him with an outfielder or just go with another Diamondbacks outfielder and get a nice 2-2 stack. Yeah, I'm a little uh, my sleeper. Uh, I've been taking Aaron Hicks in the last round, basically, uh, since that Yankee starting lineup came out. He's now up towards the top uh, here in projections. I actually went Voight with my first pick. Uh, I'm going to follow that up with Hicks. I don't think he's going to last. Uh, had himself quite a uh, game in his final AAA game. He's leading off the Yankees. There were some rain concerns in that game earlier in the day. But Roth is softening up on it. The weather looks like it's going to be fine. Maybe a little bit of a late start. That game's going to play pretty much no problems once it goes off. I got the one-two hitters for the Yankees against David Hess in that bullpen. That sounds like a good start for me. 
Yeah. Oh gosh, darn. Yeah, Bryce Harper just got picked. All right, that messes with that plan. I was planning on getting. Well, I'm still gonna go with Reese the Grace. Reese the Windor Ramirez. I don't understand how these two are still on the board. Yeah, I would, but I'm just I not know, going. I know to. you got your you got your Reese love. I get it. Yeah, that was that's basically it. Now I'm just going one off power bats, uh, just because of how much I love Reese. But I was kind of hoping that uh, Harper would get to me. He just got picked before me because I could go Reese Harper and then afterwards pair it with either Segura or Real Muto and be pretty happy with my lineup no matter what. But now I'm kind of now now it's just like you want home runs or you want stacks and the stacks that you want. Uh, Philly on draft today is kind of the perfect stack. Peralta, we know that he's either great or terrible in drafts like six mans, four mans, eight mans, where it's a little bit top heavy. Going with the Philly stack is a great idea because Peralta walks a ton of guys and he gives up a lot of power. So that's exactly what you want in draft. Walks are worth a little bit more than they are over on DraftKings. And then obviously home runs can either win it or lose it for you. So I wanted to draft Philly, but that didn't really work out. Uh, Someone's asking about White Sox today on on the slate. Honestly, so today's slate, ownership's going to be super concentrated on some of the, like, cheaper ace pitchers. And I use ace as kind of a quotation mark. Mm -hmm. It's Peacock, it's Ray, and it's Bieber. I'm assuming going to be three of the chalkiest guys. And two of those three guys are very – hard hit heavy and can walk a decent amount of guys. They just happen to have huge K stuff. The White Sox and the Pirates, like, I don't hate either of these stacks. They have two of the lowest implied totals on the entire board today. But that's not really incorporating the volatility that Ray and Bieber can have versus these lineups. And less the Pirates than the White Sox, but the White Sox have just a ton of power. So Bieber, if he runs on the wrong side of BABIP and the wrong side of home run to fly ball variants, White Sox may be the highest scoring team on the entire slate. Yeah, Pirates I think, less likely. I think one. I think there's a lot of teams that can be the highest scoring team on the slate today, and I think there's a lot of pitchers that can be the highest scoring pitcher on the slate today. It's a it's a very different six game slate than I think we're used to. Normally, we don't have a lot of options, and while we don't have, especially for bats, we don't have bats in amazing matchups. We have a lot of really good pitchers in decent spots today. Um, which is kind of limiting some of the bats out there. So I actually, I went ahead and took Bieber. I know you were just talking about him today. Rank, um, maybe we can play rank starting pitchers uh, for some of these guys too today. Uh, I, I don't see any projected ownership uh, up yet for DraftKings. I would imagine that comes in at some point during the show. Um, but but probably, I think McHugh's probably going to end up being the chalkiest guy in DK today, uh, if, if I had to guess right. McHugh? Or no, really? Pe- Peacock. All right, yeah, I, I got really confused. I thought you knew something I didn't. No. Um, yeah, no, it's it's Peacock because of his price, yep. followed probably by Bieber would be my guess, and then maybe because of price, Barrios is probably there. Then we got Ray, we got Nola. Like, the top tier is all kind of just similar to each other. Um, all those guys could very much end up just being the highest uh, scoring pitchers on the slate, and then Boyd is a little bit afterwards. Uh, those are your top guys, and then – like, if we're going below that, um, I'd probably go with Kikuchi or I'd probably go with Ronaldo Lopez. I don't expect enough ownership on those guys. And if you just need to save money, I'm a big stacking guy. So, obviously, certain lineups you can – if you stack them, you're not going to be able to get two of those first six pitchers I ended up with. So, it's just a requirement that you go with a little lower pitcher, and it's going to be Lopez for me a decent amount. I mean, this Cleveland – 
lineup is a lot better than they were at the beginning of the year. Um, they have big bats all the way through, but Lopez has like if his slider's on, then he can just absolutely mow through any lineup here. It's a big boom bust spot, and realistically, he has just as good of a shot of having, putting up a dud as any of these other lower priced pitchers. So he's kind of the guy that I'm looking at. Uh, I want to go over a couple of our draft teams. I'll start with mine. Tell me what you think here. I got Bieber uh, with three Yankees. I got Voight, Hicks, and Frazier with Jose Ramirez. I don't know. I'm pretty happy with that. I got to see what the rest of the teams look like, though. I'm happy with the Yankee stack. Uh, I didn't get Gary Sanchez. He went off the board a little bit earlier, uh, so I wasn't able to complete it. Uh, but I like Bieber. I know the White Sox boom bust, but right, I'm trying to win on draft. Hopefully I get the boom out of Bieber and not the bust. And I like my offensive bat. It's hard to like the offense that you really have in general today. I got four bats that I, that I kind of like. Yeah, no, Jose Ramirez, obviously fantastic. Bieber, one of the top options on the slate. And then you have three Yankees. And the Yankees have the highest implied total on the board. They're getting overlooked in a lot of these drafts because people forget about that game. They're not really paying attention to it. They pay attention to the 7 o'clock and later games. Plus, there's a little bit of rain there. I think Roth already said that it should play. So uh, that's kind of like the volatility is going to kind of take people off of it. But if it does end up getting postponed, it's going to happen with at least three to four games left on the board. So you can always swap in other batters. It's worth the risk to me. So I like what you did there. So I think you took the last pitcher in Kikuchi. Why didn't you spend her, you know, pick earlier on one of like, Robbie Ray or Bieber or um, Barrios, Boyd, uh, Aaron. I Nova. meant to go Boyd. I messed up there. It was a one dollar draft. I didn't really care too much. I was talking. Um, All right. But I mean, he's not that much worse than Boyd. It's Boyd's the sixth pitcher. Like, I'd rather get stuck with one of the po- top five. Like, I drastically prefer Barrios or Peacock to uh, Boyd. But if you get stuck with Boyd, it's not really a big deal. What's going to win out today? Boyd and his 249 Woba allowed uh, to right-handed batters since 2018. His 216 Woba allowed this year to righties with basically all green and played IQ this year. Um, oh, wait, no, that's Peacock. Uh, Boyd, still a 256 Woba allowed this year. Or is it going to be the Astros who have just been crushing lefties all season long? How How do you... You know, which do you wait more? Is the, the good pitcher usually tends to win, although offense is way up this year. It's a pretty interesting conundrum today. In this yeah, uh, it's it used to be the big pitcher's more likely to win. Um, now it's just kind of like a coin flip in any given matchup. Any team, we, we saw what happened with, what was it? Was it Detroit? No, it was Miami beat up Bauer and Kluber on consecutive days there. Anything can happen in any matchup. I tend to kind of go more with ownership so Boyd's definitely on my radar a decent amount because I expect him to be the lowest owned but the main problem is that this Houston line just doesn't strike out at a huge clip uh which lowers his ownership a little bit I still think it's fine but I'm not worried about how many runs are going to be given up with pretty much any pitcher it's all about upside and Boyd has it all right let's do another game we're gonna bump it up to like a an eight man I think because now we're going to get some pitchers in the mix that you might not want to use. So we're going to try to bump up pitching to a little bit more. Uh, again, guys, if you want to follow me on the bottom right hand of your screen, it says profile. And then on the top right, there's a plus with like a person. You click that and you type in my name, Britt Divine. What a cool name too, by the way. Uh, yeah, don't stroke your ego. Yeah, you just got to tout that a little bit. Uh, follow me. And then whenever I send out the games uh, during the show, 
Uh, you'll have to have a fast finger, but you will be able to get into those. Uh, so let's make another one here. Let me see if I can remember how to do this. I believe in you. Let's see. Just always give me, just always tell me when you make it. That's all you need to do. We're going to bump up. You know, I think I want to keep it at a dollar just to make sure we fill the eight man. Um, Cause I'm not sure exactly how many people we filled the six man pretty easily, but I'm going to keep it at this. And then we'll, we're going to up the stakes after this one. So you're ready, Grant. I'm going to make it right now. All right. Go. All right. Boom. All right. So this is going to introduce, you know, some bats you might not want and definitely a couple of pitchers into the mix that you might not want. We didn't really see pitchers go too fast in the first draft and I don't, I don't want to do any foreshadowing, but I'm going to imagine the pitchers probably bump off the board a little bit quicker here uh, in this one. And uh, it looks like I did not pay Jeremy enough money pre-show because I've got the seventh pick while you are at the the number two hole there, Grant. Honestly, I seventh pick isn't bad. Um, like I said, those top six pitchers are pretty close to like the same projections. So getting the seventh pick, unless you go pitcher, 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 whatever, uh, and you just get stuck with the one after that, in which case you can still, you're near the turn, you can get two good hitters like Jose Ramirez and Lindor together. You, you, do, you don't have a bad pick. It depends on the day. On days with, like back in the day with baseball, when Sale and one other ace was on there, you want the one or two pick. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. But now with pitching kind of being a little bit hit or miss on any given day and there with being this many options, it's not a bad spot to be going seven. We didn't even talk about Mr. No-Hitter, Mike Fires. Uh, how, how are you handling him today after 130 pitches? I would imagine if he has any sort of non-No-Hitter going, he's probably on like a 90. I, I don't expect him to get over 100 pitches today. I mean, it's being played over in Seattle. He is a major fly ball guy. I believe the no-hitter was over in Oakland last time, which Oakland's the perfect park for fires. Like, not a huge K guy, big fly ball guy. Uh, that Those big outfields or big foul ball territories are perfect for him. He's still a decent pitcher, but he can give up some bombs. And I mean, there aren't many teams in the league that hit more bombs than the Mariners. The Twins lineup came out. They have all the catchers in their lineup today. So we've got uh, we've got Garver, we've got a Studio, and Jason Castro in there today. The the triple catcher lineup uh, coming at you from the Twins, making it a little bit harder to stack them up tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. On certain sites. Now let's see. I'm up. Who'd you go at the number two? Would you? You went Robbie Ray. Explain your thought process going Ray earlier. Now that the uh, you know we've got a couple more uh, people in the contest. I don't want to get stuck with a subpar pitcher, um, and I don't see a huge boost in any bet. And I'm eight mans. I tend to stack a little bit more. Uh, being the second pick, I have a turn pretty close to pick pick. It's just pick two guys than me. Uh, so kind of seeing where everyone else goes, like Hoskins went off the board. I'm probably not going with Philly. Uh, Voight and Sanchez are both off the board. I'm not going with New York. Peralta's off the board. I'm probably not going with, uh, what's it called, with Arizona. Maybe if it gets all the way to me, Voight's good, but I can consider taking Springer and then getting the likes of Bregman, Correa, and then taking a one-off power bat afterwards. But it all depends on what happens when it gets to me. Like, I still have a shot at going with Arizona if I want, with the second highest total on the board, going with Escobar and a guy like Jones. Or I can still go with Cleveland, go Lindor and Ramirez, and then take some of their subpar outfielders or get another double stack with the next time it comes around. I got two Yankees. I want Hicks and I want Gary Sanchez. 
and I'm praying one of the top six pitchers falls to me at pick three or uh, round three. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm sure you guys won't let it happen now that I want it to, um, but there are three pitchers off the board already. If you guys aren't, don't know, you can click the teams, and maybe it's a little tougher in the bigger drafts, but in the smaller drafts, um, you can get a real quick shot at what your opponents have done, and if you're quick and able to assess the information uh, on the fly, I know Grant's really good at this, uh, you can kind of decide, hey, these are what my opponents have left to make. Here's what I want to do and make sure you, you're really leveraging whatever situation you're in with some of the other teams out there, but um, tougher, tougher to do on the eight man's grant. Yeah. So huge advantage for you to know this. Um, the next one you want to pick is a pitcher. So if Kramer picks one, then you might not be stuck with, you might be stuck with one of the top six, but if Kramer doesn't pick one here and then it, after that, you know that Jets is going to can pick a pitcher before you mm-hmm. and then you, but you know that uh, Alf right after you uh, has to pick a pitcher. So if you knew that he already had one, your next pick gives you no advantage to go with a pitcher instead of a hitter because the next guy can't take a pitcher. But now you know he needs one, so taking a pitcher is pretty much a requirement. Well, Grant, see, you let the you let the buffer we have catch up to Kramer, and he took the pitcher, and you're screwing me over by explaining this to everybody. That's fine. You can lose your one dollar. I'm going <laughs> to win it anyway, so it doesn't matter. I got enough on here. It doesn't matter. I got like a, a bajillion dollars in best ball so far. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely have enough money on here that one dollar doesn't really matter too much. You've seen me on these drafts. Yeah, you're in all of them. You do the auto drafts. Um, trust those. I think it's like you said. You you win all or you lose all in baseball, and then in basketball and football, yeah, there's kind of like a middle ground most nights. But b- baseball is definitely much more boom bust on draft. Yeah, I think on ba- on the basketball, the worst ROI I had ever was a day where I got Kevin Love ninety percent of my drafts because no one was drafting him, and then he got a concussion like four minutes into the game. That was a bad day. But football, I don't think I've ever had lower than like a negative thirty percent ROI. So you don't really worry. Like it's not like FanDuel or DraftKings or any of the other salary cap sites where you can legitimately have a zero percent return, even if you do like fifteen different lineups, diversify, and do cash. Like I've had many days where I stacked seven different teams and I did cash and I lost every single dollar I put in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got sniped on pitchers, so I am now going full on Yankee stack. And uh, I think I'm going to be the last person to pick a pitcher here. Yeah, it's not a bad move. I mean, there's still some upside. I mean, um, I can get a no-hitter out of fires. I, can I mean, take you, want, you can go with uh, Lucchese and kind of get the win in there because if the Yankees bats go off, then he gets one. The problem is uh, with that kind of whatever it is, there's not he doesn't have a chance at a quality start with Sessa starting off. Mm-hmm which is important here. But as you can see, I'll wait to actually tell you what I'm going to do until it gets to me. But I mean, uh, you'll, you'll get up here. So you got Ray Lindor and Escobar. So I I like what you have going on there. I think you've got a a highly, maybe not even today, highly volatile, but Robbie Ray, I don't care who he's facing, no matter how bad Pittsburgh is against lefties. He's always going to be volatile, but, um, the upside looks pretty good for him. You got two good bats. So uh, spit out the strategy, Grant. What are you doing? Oh, I mean, I'm going to take Adam Jones here, and then I'm going to consider going with Dyson. Oh, gosh, Walker went off the board. That's, I wasn't happy about that. 
I guess I can't. Never mind. I can't even. I got both my infielders. Yeah, that game's got the big total. It's not the the problem on DraftKings is DraftKings is like big total. They juiced up all their prices so high where now they don't look as good as they normally would. But uh, I don't know. I got to wait on ownership and kind of see where it falls on them. Because if they're going to be like the third or fourth highest owned team, I still don't mind paying the prices for them today. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize someone already took Dyson. I'm a little bit surprised. But uh, I got a two-person stack plus Lindor has power. And then I'm probably just going to go with Kutch there, going up against a guy that gives up a lot of bombs and walks a decent amount of guys. But we'll see if Kramer decides to steal my guy, if he's paying attention. If so, good for him. Nope, nope. He was smart with Brantley there. Um, even though Brantley, obviously, going against the lefties, still done fairly well against lefties this year, and he's still a very good hitter. I'm trying to decide. I think I'm going to go with Kikuchi against Oakland here. Um, I think they can get the win against Fires. Obviously, Fires pitched a little over his head uh, last time out with a no-hitter. Uh, Anytime anyone ever pitches a no-hitter, they pitched a little over their head. Unless it's like Max Scherzer or Chris Sale. But I'm still not – Chris Davis had, lingering with that hip issue. Olsen had that wrist issue or the, the the bone fracture or whatever. Those are – I think there's a little bit of power sapped out of this Oakland team right now is what I'm getting at. So I think I'm going to take uh, Kikuchi. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that. I mean, he's been good all season. Um, I honestly like him better for salary cap format than this. Uh, but he's definitely a guy that – is probably the next best guy on the board. I mean, everyone else just can easily get beat up terribly. Uh, he's at the lowest implied total of anyone else on the board right now. So, yeah, the only reason not to go with him would be to go with Peralta. And I don't think you want to risk a negative four score on draft. No, I think uh, I might be the only team that has a full stack here. Let's go through these because I think getting the full stack – is worth kind of missing out on pitching, let alone getting a full stack of a team with a second with the highest total on the board today at the Yankees. So let's go through this and see if I was the only one to accomplish that. Uh, Kramer Barrios, he got Voight Ramirez, Gardner Brantley. I don't really love Gardner on draft rate. I want the home run power, um, but it's still a pretty good matchup here. Brantley's lefty on lefty. I don't know if I like him that much uh, against Boyd. Um, I'd probably give his lineup maybe like a C here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've seen better. <laughs> uh let's go to grant uh is grant's lineup better uh i'd say it is i mean i got two guys from the highest to- second highest total game on there i got locked in ray is one of the best pitchers with two arizona bats so little correlation with the win there lindor obviously one of the best hitters on the board and then kutch a guy with some power going up against guys that gives up a lot of bombs plus walks a decent amount of guys he's hitting lead off in one of the better games of the night so yeah i think i did better uh let's see uh, we've got BWBW22, uh, maybe likes Buffalo Wild Wings or uh, likes the number 22, uh, but he got Nola. What's your thoughts on Nola, right? Not a lot of swinging strikes out of him, but he's never really been a huge swinging strikes. You get a lot of those called strikes on the curveball because it just kind of drops in there. What's your thoughts against him against Milwaukee uh, in DFS tonight in general? I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's my top option. He's still a little up there in price. Uh Honestly, him and Barrios are kind of two guys that I'm just not horribly into playing, but I will have some exposure to just because I'm not going to be surprised. Nola, I think, is going to have more ownership than Barrios is. Angels are lower strikeouts. So, ownership has come in. It has been updated on DraftKings. I'm going guess Jose Barrios is. This is the first run, right? And it gets usually as the night progresses, it gets a little more accurate. There are times when, of course, 
Um, ownership gets a little bit less accurate throughout the day. For the most part, it gets more accurate. Guess his ownership on DK. I'm guessing Barrios will be 16. Noel will be 21. So we have Nola pegged at 28. You've got to cut that in a quarter or to get Jose Barrios, currently projected at 7% ownership. Yeah. Yeah. You are. Yeah. That, that's, that's not surprising. I mean, Nola going up against a team with a 3.6 and fly team total compared to the angels who have a 4.09 and Barrios is quite a bit better at home. And the, but the weather I think is a little bit more favorable for Barrios than it or for Nola than it is with Barrios. It's 49 degrees over there in Philly and they are playing at sea level, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly playing the ownership game today. I'm going to mix and match everything. Though you, we said there's six pitchers, I'm probably going to have 80% exposure uh, of my pitchers be those six pitchers, and mm-hmm. I'm probably going to use them almost evenly throughout my lineups. Just essentially do my stack, put in my b- batters, and then pick my pitchers based on how much money I have left and just get the two guys that I can fit in with that exact price because there's they're all the way up and down. Uh in terms of pricing, like they have one at every different level. So it looks like Peacock is going to be running away with the, uh, the highest ownership of the day at pitcher today, by the way, yeah, um, it's the cheapest. Yeah. Uh, it would be interesting slate IQ when uh, I'll take, I haven't looked at that yet today. Um, but, uh, it's trying to get leverage on the field, um, with stacks today. That's something I'm going to try to do. I am doing a, a little bit of tournaments along with cash games today. Uh, we're going to do another one. We're going to play for five bucks next. And I think we're going to, I think I'm going to keep it in an eight man. Uh, I don't know if I want to stretch it to 10 and up the buy-in. I don't know if we'll get enough people. We probably will. Maybe I'm underestimating it, but I, what I don't want is to not fill the game. Um, the first thing I want to do though, is uh, I got a, I got a best ball pick here, Grant. So are you, are you going to be on the best ball show next week? Uh, maybe I'm assuming so. I don't know. I'm on it. I'm going to be hosting it. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, best ball. So if you guys haven't played any best ball, or maybe you're new this year and you don't understand what it is, uh, you draft 18 football players, no kickers, no defense or anything like that. It formulates your best lineup every week. And then you don't, there's no in-season management. And you just get to do the fun part, right? Which is actually drafting the team. So far in this one, I've got Delvin Cook, right? May hope, hopefully he stays healthy. DeAndre Hopkins and Amari Cooper, both guys I really like. Uh, I could use another running back, um, but the guys here I'm not all too interested in. The receivers also don't look too great. Looks like I'm in a pretty tough spot. I'm, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. I normally don't take QBs this high, but that looks like a steal, even if Tyreek gets suspended. Uh, so you kind of see what's going on here. You get to play against 12 people. You can play against three. You can do them fast where picks are every 30 seconds. You can have the slow draft like this where it waits up to eight hours. It's a really fun product. If you like NFL, you can play for as little as a buck and uh, you can just start drafting right away. Cause I don't know to I me, mean, I do a lot of the dynasty stuff. I think the, the fun part of that is the rookie drafts. You get to, you know, communicate with all your league mates a lot and trades and stuff like that. But if you're just doing season long, it's definitely the draft is the most fun part. And you just can do that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, Grant, I am up to 82 best balls with, probably a uh, hundred total going uh, right now. So uh, guys don't just play baseball, go check out the best balls. And uh, I believe next Thursday, we're going to be doing a best ball show. If you want to kind of get caught up on some of that. Uh, all right, Grant, let's up the stakes. I'm going to donate all my hard earned money here. We're going to do a $5 
eight man. And if you guys let me stack the Yankees again, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to keep stacking the Yankees if you guys let me. So kind of laugh when you get when they get shut out. <laughs> well, when they when they get if they get rained out for some reason, if they just decide to postpone it. Oh, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. But you're ready. I got I a five dollar five dollar yep. eight man. Let's go. Uh, we've given you all the information. Let's try to make the best teams that we possibly can going up against everybody else here today. So this one's filling fast. Maybe I could have done a 10. We could have gotten some more people involved. Um, so keep an eye. The draft shows, I believe, are going strong all month long. So if you guys keep filling these as fast, we'll keep making uh, the games, at least on air, a little bit bigger and bigger. Oh, look at me. You, me and you, one and two. Uh, by the way, there was a question in chat about stacking. They wanted to hear our thoughts on stacking. Is it nece- Is it necessary? It's not necessary. It's never it's, necessary. It's very hard to do on draft because you only get one player per team, but I, I would always try to stack if possible. Yeah, yeah. It, it's basically on draft, try and stack if possible. If not, you want one-off power bats. Yes. Uh, on FanDuel, DraftKings, FanDuel stacking is a very, very good idea. It's not required, but it's a very good idea. DraftKings, I still suggest it. You don't have to go a full 5-3, but I suggest it. I'm pretty much... Like, I'm a big stacking fan. Like, that, that's just – I do it constantly. It depends on the size of the tournaments. Smaller tournaments, you can still not stack. I mean, I've won a lot of tournaments with my cash game lineup. Um, but it's it's just not a requirement, like, because anything can happen. It's just better correlating things. It makes things easier. You want h- high variance in your lineups, and stacking is the best possible way to do that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I got some Robbie Ray exposure and I'll uh, probably be unlikely I get able, I'm able to stack up the Yankees because uh, I'm not going to be able to get Voight. Probably won't be able to get Hicks, um, but I'm going to lock up uh, one of the better pitchers kind of before um, they're all off the board. And I don't really love any of the bats today, so uh, I'm going to lock up Robbie right here. You went with Peralta, which is interesting. I, I don't, if you had Peralta ranked even in your top two or three picks today and you were doing them over and over again, you're probably going to get them on every single team today. Yeah, I think I've done eight today and I, or ten today, and I have Peralta in every single one of them. He's pro- like theoretical best overall spot of the night. He's, you know, if you take the matchup, obviously I'm, I'd probably take Trout against anybody, but Peralta's individual matchup looks pretty juicy. To me. Yeah, I mean, the difference between Trout and Peralta isn't drastic today in terms of projected points, uh, but being able to stack around him. I mean, I like Otani, but I don't want to use anyone else besides Trout and Otani in that lineup. Mm-hmm. And it's just not a great stacking spot. So Trout's great for a one-off. I don't mind doing it like this, taking him to the first and then figiring out what you want to do afterwards. But I, I will have no exposure to Trout, and I'll be fine with that. Uh, let's see here. So we get, I get to snipe you the next time around. So maybe I'll take a uh, an Arizona bat just to piss you off. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> not like there's multiple of them there's still a lot of good players left uh to pick here i mean that's kind of the thing with stacking on draft too like you want to line up where you have more than just two to three options like cleveland you need lindor you need ramirez like that that's you need them for your stack arizona you need peralta but then after that you can go with dyson escobar jones Marte, or walker or any combination of those guys would be fine over in houston you're kind of screwed in the outfield because you can get Brantley going lefty-lefty, and you can get Springer. Like, yes, there's Correa. Yes, there's Bregman. Altuve is not in the lineup. So you pretty much want the top four. Over in Philly, 
there's a whole bunch of different ways to do it. You have three potential outfielders and you have four potential infielders that you can throw in your stack and you're still fine. And they kind of correlate really well. There's a lot of walks with Peralta and there's a lot of bombs. So it's a nice stack, but like you don't want to stack a team like Houston on this type of day in an eight person draft because you're not going to be able to get all. I can't believe that some of these players are still available right now. So I'm going to take an Indian for sure. <laughs> an, an Indian in the out in, or an Indian in the infield, not angels in the outfield. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Bregman. I got my choice. I think, I think I'm going to take Lindor. We'll see if you allow me to get Jose Ramirez. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going right. to be nice to you. You're stacking up Arizona. So I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. No, now I've got a full three person stack. If Dyson or if uh, what's his name are available or Marte, like Dyson, Marte, and Jones are on the board. I have three potential outfielders I can go with. Granted, they can all take them. That's fine. I'll just go with a one-off. But I have three potential outfielders I can go with with my last pick. And so I'm just going to wait around for them. I'll be able to get Carl. I'll be able to get cargo. No problem. So I got to try to figure out my other outfielder. I'm, I'm going to got a three-man Indian stack with a one-off and Robbie Ray with big strikeout potential. It sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, no, you, you probably have the best team going right now. I can't believe I got those two Indians. Yeah, yeah, no, I will. I just let you have them. You knew my plan. I just, Thanks, Grant. Yeah, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. You need to win some of that money. You lost a little bit too much last week against yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, if you guys got any QQs or uh, if the YouTube people are over there, uh, speaking of YouTube, uh, I know a lot of you guys like and subscribe, right? We've been telling you to do that for a while. But if you watch on YouTube and you want to be alerted whenever we're live, uh, click on the little bell. It's next to the subscribe button. It will allow you to get a notification whenever Roto whatever Roto Grinders goes live. Uh, so you don't miss any shows if you happen to watch us on the YouTubes. And I know the, the suits behind the scenes would like it if you just click all the buttons on YouTube for us. Accept the dislike, only like, only subscribe, and the bell, and then we're good, guys. Think think they got it, Grant? I think so. I think you I think you hammered home a point. <laughs> uh, I can't believe Peacock uh, just went off the board, like, middle, middle of the draft. I, I would expect – I just don't – I don't mind Kikuchi, I guess. So I, I guess there are eight pitchers. You can make it work, I suppose. There's seven, I guess, if you include Kikuchi. Eight, yeah. Eight's a little tough. Man, I don't know how to use. I'm very bad. I, I just got an iPhone, and I'm very bad with it. Very oh, good. welcome to the club, Grant. You have upgraded, and I now you it. will have an easy life. I hate it. Uh, why I hate do you? It so much. Well, I mean, you've had Android forever, right? Yeah, and, and Androids are better. There's one problem. There's literally one problem with having an Android. What's that? iMessaging. Oh, That's yeah. That's the yeah. only reason I switch. People look down on you because you're, you're poverty level. Well, and I have so much, like, so many problems when people are iMessaging me, like, in group text. It, like, sometimes it doesn't go through. Sometimes it'll show up as a separate text, and then you have to download it and then go to a different text. It, I, how they haven't figured out how to fix that is well, just incredible to me. Well, why Apple hasn't fixed it is because they don't want to. They want you to no, get the Apple, app- it makes sense. Apple, <laughs> it's causing very little problems for them, and everyone already has an iPhone. Droid users, it causes, causes massive, massive problems. Like, you won't get text. You aren't allowed in some iMessage groups. You can be completely excluded from things, and sometimes text just won't go through, and you never know if they went through or not. So it's just a giant pain, and it's the single reason why I switched. 
They did, had so long to fix that, and they never did. I'm done with Android now, simply because oh. of iMessaging. Uh-oh. Yeah, I've had the iPhones for, I think it was the iPhone 4, and I had that for a long time. So I've been, I used to have Androids right when they were first out, and then I got my iPhone, and the iPhone just kind of worked real good. So uh, I've never really changed from the iPhone. When I was working as an accountant, I had both. Uh, they gave me a work phone. I'm like, great, I'm going to have an Android, and I'm going to have... Burner. Yeah. Well, I, I had... I had one phone that basically just turned into email and international phone calls. And then my other phone that was for everything else. Cause they paid for all my international minutes. It was great. We'll take a look. So my team, I got Robbie Ray, three Indians and Chris Davis, the good Chris Davis with a C. Uh, so uh, I'll take that lineup pretty good. Compare that to Grant's lineup. He's got Boyd against Houston. We've already talked about this. It could be boom. It could be bust. Boyd's been one of the best pitchers in the league so far. Uh, this year Uh, I'm looking at ownership tonight let me find it here and uh, Boyd's ownership coming in basically uh, tied with Berrios at seven percent so far today so is Boyd who's been one of the best pitchers all season long at seven percent owned interesting Uh, I say yes in my opinion literally any good pitcher at low ownership is now interesting any slate you know the best strategy has been all year Slates with three to four aces, find the lowest on one and lock them in. It's worked way more often than it hasn't. And they've always come in. What was it? Gosh, it was a Cole and Bauer versus Miami and Cole versus whoever. And Bauer was like 60% or 50% on something ridiculous. And Cole was like 5% owned and Cole outscored him by 10 points. It's going to happen one out of three times. That's that's just how it's going to work. So going with way, way lower ownership aces is always the best thing to do now that the balls are used. Uh, I'm looking at some hitter ownership too. It looks like the Indians as a stack could be pretty popular with Jose Ramirez, Lindor, Kipnis, and Carlos Gonzalez all basically on the first page of ownership up there today. So people, it looks like people are taking their discounted pricing, playing the pitchers that they want. Um, So if you were making tournament teams, probably wouldn't be stacking the Indians with guys like Peacock and Bieber, the the two chalk pitchers in your lineup. That's just going to be uh, way too chalky, in my opinion, to take down most tournaments. Cash games are super simple today, by the way. I, I have not. Uh, I've been prepping for the draft show, so I have not made two, you know my cash game or tournament teams yet, but what, what do you got so far over there? I mean, take cheap Indians, take the underpriced Indians, take Bryce Harper. Take yeah, Harper's uh, the highest owned hitter on the slate today. Take Peacock and take uh, like Bieber or Ray, depending on how much salary you have left, and then just throw in cheap one-offs. Like even Alonzo is not a bad one at three point four k. Super easy for cash today. You basically just listed off all the chalkiest hitters and all the chalkiest pitchers, Grant. So I think you're onto something for cash games out there today. Yeah, I think that's generally what you want to do in cash. Uh, I don't know if we have enough time to do another draft. So again, guys, if you are catching the show on repeat on YouTube. Or if you haven't played draft, um, it's kind of like snake draft. Get yourself a dream team. Oh, yeah. You know what? I forgot about this, Uh, all the different things. So let me go find a baseball dream team. So if you guys want to have some fun, scroll down here. Um, Let's see here. I haven't done one of these in a while. I'll do a three-man dream team. So with just three people, what do I want to do? Who's the chalk? I think I want to play pretty chalky. But maybe 
you have to so figure out which up shot. the whole offense or just play the best hitters. I, I mean, I, I think I might no. take a shot on a stack. I mean, it's not a bad idea to go like Hoskins, Harper, McCutcheon. Actually, the better if it's a three thirty-five start time, go with the Yankee stack. Go with Voigt, go with Sanchez, and go with Hicks. Do a three-man stack. Take Trout as a one-off, and then you have to figure out what you want to do with pitcher. I think Ray is probably going to be the chalkiest one. I pulled the I pulled I pulled the bat up for DraftKings. Right, it's not a one-for-one. But the bats got Ray as the highest scoring pitcher on the slate by a little bit over a couple other guys. So I think I'm think I'm going to throw Ray in there. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, in a five man or a six man, you might want to go with the guy just below it because you'll get a third of the ownership. So going yep. with Nola, but in a three man, you generally want to just take the top guy. Yeah, and I think I'm going to take a, a full on uh, Yankee stack. I think I'm going to leave out Clint Frazier. So I've got three Yankees. I've got the infield. I got Voit Sanchez Hicks. And then I can basically take the best one off. Who's the best outfielder? Uh, how about how about your boy David Peralta? I mean, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I would say Peralta or Trout. Yeah, I think Peralta is Peralta. I'm guessing the other two guys are going to go Trout, so just go Peralta. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Peralta on that. So these are easy ways. If you don't even have time to do a full draft, you can just do one of these. There's no restrictions. There's no anything. Other players can pick the same ones, but you can play little smaller tournaments and. Uh, you're able to make the team in, in just a couple of clicks on something like that with the dream teams. And they have those uh, for all sports as well. Uh, again, guys, don't forget we're doing a promotion on Roto Grinders. If you want to get a month of Roto Grinders free, all you, what do you got to do? You got to show your badge, or I think it's like show your grind. I forget the exact words that we use. Um, but all you do is you upload the badge, Roto Grinders badge, to either DraftKings or FanDuel. You need to pronounce the B better. <laughs> if you happen to uh, place in the top 10 of specific tournaments, uh, all you got to do is follow the rules that Devin just posted in Roto Grinders chat, and uh, you will get a month of Roto Grinders premium, which can, you know, I think it's up to, uh, I think it's something like 30, 40 bucks, something like that. And uh, who doesn't want to get a free month of Roto Grinders premium? And all you got to do is upload the Roto Grinders logo uh, into either FanDuel or DraftKings. Bink a tournament, and not only did it get you money, but you get a free month of the premium as well. Uh, Grant, I think that's going to about do it for the draft show. Don't forget, if you guys want to play best ball or you have any interest in it next week, we're going to start our best ball. Uh, and I know if you ever wanted some stuff uh, over on Fantasy Insiders, there's always some stuff going on over there with best ball too. So you can go check that out. Uh, next Thursday, we will start a show about that and you'll get all my hot takes about this year's best ball on draft. Uh, Grant, get me out of here with something DFS related for tonight. Who's someone you're you're using? You already mentioned quite a bit about Peralta. What else you got for me? Um, Hoskins. Use oh. Hoskins. No, no way. I would never think Grant would uh, talk about Reese Hoskins. Um, but stack the White Sox. Like in big field tournaments, stack the White Sox. And if you really want like big field tournaments, low dollar entries, do a mix of Tigers, White Sox, and Pirates. They're just facing chalky pitchers. They are facing chalky pictures that give up power. They are going to be low owned. If you really want to take down a big field tournament, it's a high positive EV. I'm sure Slate IQ probably says that too. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at that. For uh, That's for premium members. But anyway, guys, we're out of here. Thanks to Draft for sponsoring the show. Thanks to Grant for coming on with me. I'm Britt. Thanks to all you for watching, and we outcha.
name is John Sarabian. My username is JSURab across all sites. Um, I've been doing uh, Roto Grinders, Grinders live shows for the past year now. So this site I played on with DraftKings and I won just over 100K. The contest was, I think, the Mega 600K, which was a $600 entry. Um, I had three lineups, I think, into it, and I had Jared Allen, who was like 5% owned, who was like the big key. He put up almost 60 fantasy points. I had James Harden, who had like 80 or 90. It was just one of those lineups where it just put together real well, and I got you know lucky on a few Draymond Green threes at the end of the uh, late night game which sealed the deal for me. Really what I was looking at was the night was very chalky. I, I remember Harden in my head, he was projected around like 40 or 50% ownership and, and that's exactly what I thought that he would be and he was exactly 50% um, and I knew that 50% at his usage and what he'd been doing was just too too low and he should have been you know 70 or 80. So I, I took that you know, chalk 50% and he was very expensive. So I had to take a few other chalk pieces. And then what I did is I found some low ownership in guys like Jared Allen and Draymond Green, whose prices were a little you know, suppressed just from bad games or not getting enough minutes. Um, you know, for Draymond, it was, you know, shooting woes. He, you know, he was terrible from the field the last, like, five games, I can remember. He didn't score, like, double digits or something like that. So, um, but I just knew, like, you know, these guys have the ceiling, and, you know, that was kind of my strategy, and they ended up hitting. Like I said, both of them went for over 50. And, uh, you know, needing Draymond Green to hit a three at the very end of a game to push you into first is... God pushed that ball in, I swear. So, <laughs> I don't know, but I was watching and, and I closed my eyes when he took the three. <laughs> so yeah, I differentiated for, for about two to three spots um, on that lineup. And usually when it's a chalkier day, I try to only do two or three because those chalk pieces are normally really good plays. Um, fading like the chalk, I do when there's like one or two guys that are presumed chalk and there's not much else and it's like okay everyone I know like everyone is going to take this one or two guys so they're going to be 60 to 70 percent owned that's when I'm like okay I'm going to fade one of them and then take the one I like and then go from there when there's five guys that are going to be like 30 40 50 percent owned now it's like okay I could take a stand and fade them all but that's probably silly because there's a reason why all five of these guys are very highly owned. So I'm going to take three or four and then differentiate in two or three spots and then take someone I really like, um, like a Harden or someone like that to finish it out. So how, how I decided was when I looked at the positions that were like the chalkier players, I'm pretty sure they were the guards and forwards. And so like I said, I took Jared Allen in my center spot. Um, because I needed a center and he was cheap. And I saw with Hollis Jefferson out and a bunch of other guys out that he was gonna play at least 30 minutes. I wasn't expecting the 40 minute, you know, overtime, I think it was game against Houston where he put up, you know, 57. That's how I figured it out though. I took the, pl the positions from the players that were gonna be chalk and I said, okay, well, if I'm gonna have these guys in my lineup, then I have to differentiate at the forward or center spots. Where can I do that? So that's where I was just, you know, hunting for Draymond Green, who was cheaper that night, and you know, 
the way I play is I'm more of a one to three lineup type of guy. I, you know, um, don't match center contests. That's just what's worked for me. I know that the, I know a bunch of people though that match center contests and it works for them. My Yeah, I'm uh, Justin Van Zuden, the uh, screen name, STL Cardinals 84 in the daily fantasy world. And I've been involved here at Roto Grinders for about five or six years now. Do a lot of stuff with our golf content, uh, which I have a lot of fun with. I also do a lot of uh, MLB content as well, the lineup HQ tags, things of that nature, expert surveys, uh, value rankings, and uh, involved in the media side as well with our Grinders live shows and uh, with our Sirius XM Fantasy Shows. On Friday, May 4th of 2018, I won $100,000 on FanDuel and $25,000 on DraftKings. So it was a great night for me. Yeah, so I just had the one entry into the uh, DraftKings, the $888 buy-in, and I was pretty set that that was going to be my only lineup for the night. Uh, but as we got closer to lineup lock, I was feeling better about the guys that I was on. So I did the FanDuel lineups pretty much last minute and uh, managed 18 entries into that enormous grand slam which had a $44 buy-in with the one magical one that took home first place there are a lot of people out there that think you have to enter 75 100 125 lineups in order to win these big gpps and i do enter max enter lineups on occasion but a lot of times my bigger wins have come from single entries or fewer amounts of entries than a lot of people would expect. And that's part of the reason why this win was so gratifying for me. I had 18 entries on FanDuel, but just the one entry on DraftKings that night, it can be done with lower amounts of entries. Obviously, your risk is less when you have lower entries. That's one thing people often forget about the mass entry. There's a lot of risk involved in that if you don't hit on that particular night. So sure, your odds of winning are lower just in terms of numbers if you have fewer entries, but it also forces you to move to those optimal plays or what you believe are the optimal plays a little more closely. I really liked the Twins on Friday and kind of gained steam on that throughout the day. They were facing a pitcher from the White Sox by the name of Carson Fulmer, who really just didn't have good numbers under the surface. He'd been pitching fairly well, but the advanced stats told a little bit of a different story. Wrote it up pretty much exactly that way in our premium content on Friday as well. Had a blurb in there about how much I like the Twins as kind of a sneaky team that, that nobody wanted to target. And everyone liked the Yankees. The Yankees were in a great spot, but I knew that they were going to be extremely highly owned. So I took a stance against the Yankees, played the Twins, and uh, it worked out pretty well. And then Garrett Cole was uh, the pitcher that, that I was on. Really liked him, tagged him in our premium content as well on Friday. And every lineup that I did uh, had a, a bunch of Twins batters plus Garrett Cole at pitcher on Friday. And that was the perfect combination. Garrett Cole ended up with 16 strikeouts and a, and a big performance on the mound too. So it was a, it was a great combo. Part of the reason I like doing uh, some of our premium content so much is because it kind of forces you to get an earlier start on your day and getting the research in and getting you know, getting stuff populated so that the users uh, of the site can see it. And, you know, it really makes me get a head start, whether it's the night before, before I go to bed or first thing in the morning, getting stuff organized and getting my thoughts down uh, in writing a little bit. And then I can kind of examine 
the other content, of course, Dave Potts and I combined to do the the big MLB article, premium article on the site. I do it on the weekends and he does it during the week. So I know how good he is with the content. I always read his article to see if my thoughts kind of jive with his. And then you can get a pulse for projected ownership throughout the day based on who people are writing up in the expert survey, uh, what our projected ownership tool, it's another valuable premium tool, what that looks like, and uh, and refine the process that way based on kind of how it looks like other people are thinking for the day as well. So all the... Rotor Grinders, Dean here. It's Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it's 501 on the East Coast, 201 on the West Coast, 401 Tennessee time, which of course, we're just time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today, you may remember from such things as baking GPPs this weekend, rocking his Rotor Grinders. And you also know him from the fabulous podcast that we all know the name of. We never forget it. It's the Print Factory. It's Big T. It might be a little bit of a somber. How, how it's been twenty four hours, Big T. How are we feeling today? Man, it, it's still rough. I mean, the Nuggets hurt my feelings. Portland just 
How do you lose to Portland? Uh, I know CJ McCollum and Dame are really good. I, I think they're both really good, but you can't lose a series to them when you got home court. You got game seven at home. Oh, it hurt. We're young now. We're all, it's going to be a learning experience, but man, it, it, whew, that was a tough one to lose. More talented team for Denver. Stotts is like, we always just kind of take it for granted. We hate him in DFS because you yeah. never know exactly what he's going to do. He's kind of annoying, but as far as actually that coaching, uh, you know, we were talking about on Twitter last night. He does more or less for yep. years. Uh, you know, he's definitely a top, I don't know. I don't know how we like project how good coaches are, but in my head, he's without question on the family feud board of top coaches. That's right? where it gets hard. Cause it's like, how do you project him versus Steve Kerr, for example? Like, He's probably a better coach, but how could you ever know? Because Steve gets all the good guys, and he doesn't. He's definitely better than Mark Jackson. We can say that, right? I think we could say that for for certain. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't. We could say he's better than my boy, Mister Malone, too, because he just beat him with way less talent. So that's constantly an argument on Twitter if Malone's a good coach or not. I'm like, I don't have the answer. I don't know. I, don't I have the answer. I watched every Nuggets game for three years, and I've been around basketball my whole life. Like, he's not a good coach. People want to give them credit because this is their example. They got better every year, their record. They made the playoffs, went deep, obviously. All these things that are positives, but my argument is it's not because of him. It's because they got really good players. Like, I, anyone can win with these guys. I also thought it was weird. I know this is kind of a small thing, but trying to, like, he was, it was like Fetz trying to make Isaiah Thomas happen this <sighs> year. Like, I just don't understand. Like, how could he not see? And, again, he's a much smarter guy than when it comes to, when it comes to basketball, but – it just—it was clearly obvious to anybody watching those games that when he when he went out there, it was just dreadful. And I—I I will give him credit though. That's one thing I did give him credit for though. He did pull the plug. I know he was—it was rough for a few weeks, but he did pull the plug and he never put him back in. I'll give him credit for that part. We should mention, by the way, Big T. If people are premium members, I'm—I'm I'm sure they know this. Everybody's been watching yourself and Shop. You've been—you guys been doing those uh, videos as far as the one game and two game slates. I guess you—you you recorded one earlier today. You're gonna be recording them. Uh, I suppose all the way up to the finals, I guess all the way through the finals, right? I don't know. I don't know if we should say we're recording them today for tomorrow, but I guess it doesn't matter in this case because, I mean, it's a one game and we know all the players. But, yeah, well, not every day, but three days a week or something, we'll put a video up for whatever the showdowns. Leading up to that million dollar, I'm sure you've seen that one, the million dollars. I got some tickets to it, yeah. Yeah, you got to rattle those. To every day play like one or two cues to just stack some tickets for that. I, I I will buy like the 10 cent, 25 cent tickets yeah. to see if, like, why not? I mean, normally I wouldn't play that kind of game, but if I'm going to win some tickets. You're allowed in those things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it depends on what site I'm on. Like, uh, yeah, but I'm allowed to still be with the you know, 10 cent tournaments on, on DK. That's the grind there. I like it though. Yeah. Uh, Fandle, I got to spend at least three bucks, I think, per contest or something like that. But everywhere else, I'm good to go. As far as I know, last week Fandle sent me like a these three free seats to two dollar whatever the two dollar thing went. I can't enter them. I was I was like I was laughing. <laughs> they sent me three entries to it, and I, I'm not allowed to enter it. What kind of what kind of deal is that? We got a we got a six game baseball slate. Don't worry, we'll talk about it in a second. We got plenty of time to knock it all out. But I'm curious, Steve. What are your what are your early thoughts as far as the semifinals for basketball? I mean, I'm I'm disappointed, not just because of Denver, because they're my team. Obviously, I like them. But, man, Portland is just not good enough to play with Golden State. So that's annoying to me that Golden State gets – I mean, they're going to get Boogie back. They're probably going to get KD back for the finals, I would think. With the, if, if the news is what they're saying it is, I think he'll be good to go for the finals. Wait, Boogie's playing game one? I'm pretty sure Boogie's playing tomorrow. I'm just saying that. I might be wrong. I don't think he's going to play 30-some minutes, but I think he's going to play tomorrow. Every All the news out is that he's getting healthy, and 
I think he plays. So, but at some point during this season, this series, Boogie will play if it's not tomorrow. And he would destroy Cantor, right? I mean, Cantor's going to have a very bad series. I mean, he had a bad series last game versus Denver. Denver just destroyed him. Portland was way better with Cantor off the court and Collins and Hood on the court. Now Hood's hurt even. Uh, Golden State's going to destroy this team, obviously. And then the other series should be good. Obviously, I got kind of a nut low draw. I mean, I'll take I'll take my medicine. I said I like Philly. I don't know if I was wrong there. I mean, they lost on a – I think they were still a little bit better than Toronto, but they lost. So, I, I lost that, and then obviously my Boston team got destroyed. So, Milwaukee versus Toronto was kind of nut low for me. I'm going to root for Toronto, but I don't like Toronto that much. Like, they suck. Kawhi is incredible. <laughs> Kawhi is incredible. incredible. Pascal, I don't know if he's still fully healthy, but he looks – he doesn't look like the same guy, like, you know, he was two weeks ago or so, hopefully. Lowry's so bad. Oh, man. He's – he's yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's, he's their third option, which is okay, right? Yeah, I mean, I, he's fine. Like, they're they're good, but, man, it sucks for my – I talk so much crap about Milwaukee, and now I feel like it's kind of aligned where, man, it's tough. It's going to be tough for Toronto to beat them. I just don't like Toronto that much. You have your teams, like your list of teams. Every single time a new team, your, your teams get eliminated, you have new teams all of a sudden. So, yeah, Denver's, uh, you there see your team. Denver. There you go. Here, here we go. With your Basically, little, you every, got new team, teams. every team is your team with the exception of Milwaukee, by my math. That's why no, Toronto's, I don't like Toronto either. That's why it's tough for me. Like, gee, that's why it's just not true. Like, it, your guys' <laughs> joke is just terrible. Like, I'm not going to root on Portland all of a sudden. Like, I already picked Golden State. Hey, look, people think I want every team to tank. I mean, that's not true, but, like, that's the joke. It doesn't but, annoy you when they just <clears> bang it? I mean, it, it, it just at a certain point, it just got old. Like, get a new joke. I like, could try to be – if you're clever about Thank it. Thank you. I, I don't have every team. Like, I don't like Portland. I don't like Toronto, and I don't like Milwaukee. So, I hate three of the four teams. I uh, I see here in the chat, by the way, the reason why I asked you about the RG badge, because we're running the promo for the Rotogrounders badge, because Rocket, uh, the Rotogrounders badge, uh, well, myself, I, I mean, we've seen yours at the top of the leaderboards, of course. Uh, I have, you know, I have the Almanac, Gray Sports Almanac. Biff hooked me up. Uh, but it's also it's a modified one. If you take a peek at it, it actually has the Rotogrounders badge melded in there. It's good times. Uh, somebody hooked me up where it was good with the artistry of some sort. Um, yeah, so you can get a chance as far as winning Rotogrounders premium for a month if you get uh, – if you wear the RG badge on FanDuel or DraftKings for a chance to win, finish in the top 10 of certain selected tournaments for wearing the badge to qualify. Uh, if you want to know further details, feel free to check the link here in chat. I don't know if that's also in the YouTube chat. Maybe D-Trainer is multitasking. Uh, by the way, uh, congratulations to D-Trainer. Happy, um, what's, oh God, what's the name of that food? That It's it's the International Hummus Day. I guarantee. Hummus, I, I call hummus something else. I don't know. Is that food? <laughs> know what you call him this workbench somehow involved in that too i don't could be i don't know what you call that uh, now's a good time to mention i talked to my mom yesterday on mother's day and it turns out she watches the show on occasion so if you're watching hi mom happy belated mother's day and happy mother's day to all the moms out there we we have a really big mom demographic here at Brother grinders that's my understanding i was taking a look at the other, the other day uh oh and if you're on youtube feel free to like and subscribe we much appreciate that as well too t um yeah, so we have a six-gamer tonight. Uh, we're talking baseball. We're nine minutes in. We still have 51 minutes to go. Plenty of time for sure uh, for questions in the chat. It'd be at the Rotogrinders chat, be at the uh, YouTube chat. If you guys are firing out questions there on YouTube, uh, D-Train, as he's uh, in between bites of his hummus, he will be uh, copying and pasting said questions and firing them in the Rotogrinders chat later on in the show. Uh, we're going to do a premium peek as well. You always got to give away a little bit of peek as far as what's going down 
premium today. Tony, what should we give away? You have any thoughts? We let the people decide. I really like to. I like to kind of wing it sometimes. I can't handle it. Man, Gone's got me in stitches because I, I seen him on that leaderboard the other day with Siege's picture of his tube socks and his <laughs> loafer shoes, and I about lost it. And now he's talking about it. Yeah, if you're not using the Roto Grinders badge, please use the Siege tube socks badge because that is all. Oh, that's beautiful. That's one of the best pictures of all time. Where does he wear? I know he's on. He's on one of the sites with that. I don't remember which which one it was, but. Uh... Yeah, that picture is gonna. That picture is just crazy good. <laughs> I don't. Uh, now, to be fair, uh, you, you can't get R- RG Premium with that. But I, uh, guess... I mean, we might be able to have like an exception that. I mean, we can talk to Cal. Maybe we can pull something off. You'll you'll personally look him up. Yeah, I mean, I. If you take down a GPP, let me know what that. Well, you need that picture on there. I have to see it and laugh, but I will get you a month of guaranteed. <laughs> Somebody might hold you to that, Tony. No, uh, I'm in. If they ship a GPP, I will. I promise I will get them one month of RG Premium locked up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, all right. This slate tonight, Tony, my assessment, we have six games. We have 12 pitchers. Um, and it, it, actually, it's funny. Gene said this in his article today. He said the worst pitcher pitching today is the dude that just pitched his second no-hitter in his career, like Mike Fires. Um, and then, like, Everybody else is kind of sort of somewhat playable to some extent, but there's also like there's kind of sort of six guys at the top as far as the names. None of them really have these great matchups necessarily. None of the matchups really pop. If you pull up the, uh, you know, Cardi's bat, uh, the projection system, like it's kind of sort of congested there at the top two. Yeah. Uh, there's also no bats I feel like I have to have. It, it's, you know, you, you tell me, what, what's the screenshot as far as the slate? I mean, you summed it up perfectly. Like, I think you could honestly, there's six games, and I really could make a case for every pitcher. Like, that sounds crazy, but the worst pitcher, I think, on the slate is this Pittsburgh dude for me. And, I mean, he's not the worst play ever at Arizona. Like, I don't – Arizona doesn't scare me as much as other people. I'm not going to play this guy, but I'm just – I'm showing how the slate works. Like, you could make a case for him, though, at that price point. Like, he's so cheap that – I don't know. Like, I think every pitcher gets in the same range, and I kind of don't like any of them, though. So that that's where it gets weird. Like, you don't hate any pitchers, but you don't really like any either, at least for me. Like, none of them stick off the page as just incredible plays. But I could be talked into any of them. So I don't know if that makes sense, but – Well, what about no. hitters, though? Because that's how I feel about the hitters today. Like, is there any team <laughs> like you have to that's have? because all these pitchers are, like, decent, but they're not – great or bad so it's kind of just all middle ground for me like when arizona's the top stack of the night i mean how are you gonna like that i wonder if the roof's gonna be open in arizona because arizona historically they don't care about their they, for, i don't know maybe they just like the, the heat and you know it's a dry heat but it's like 90 degrees or so they they will open up the the roof sometimes when it's 90 like that's something they will do just throw it out there uh I'd like confirmation on that maybe roth will be all over that later on uh, I don't like look at stats like this, but for in Arizona all year, I feel like the totals are way higher than I feel like they should be. Have you noticed that? Like some of the, sometimes you'll have two good pitchers and the total will be like 10 and a half. And it's like, I just don't get it. Is it just because the roof's open that night? I, I haven't noticed that. I like to, I kind of yield the, I lean on Ross weather tool as well, the weather edge, as far as what's going down there. And I don't know if he actually even has that uh, projected because I don't know if that game is a, Okay, so according to the weather edge, at least as of right now, the dome, it's going to be played in the dome. I don't know if that's going to change, but if it changes, I would imagine. Don't they change sometimes at the last second, too? Like, and all of a sudden, they'll just open it or close it? I think so. And there's one of the teams you got to call a hotline. Is it Toronto? Uh, I, I, well, one of the teams, I mean, 
Houston. Like the only way of finding out if the room's open or closed, Roth has to physically call. Like, <laughs> I think it's Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee so got to call like, a, a team. Why would you? Why would you ever not in Arizona? Why would you ever just want the roof open? I don't get that. I have no, well because it's like 100 degrees out there in Arizona. Exactly, and it's perfect with the roof open, like or closed. I mean, it's just okay. perfect. I might have said it wrong, but it's perfect with the roof closed. Like you can have whatever temperature you want. I uh, yeah, I, I went to a ball game once in Arizona, and I was thankful it was like 110 or so outside, so I was thankful the roof was closed. But I remember last year, like there was periods where they would keep it open in the 90s. Uh, so again, uh, as of right now, as far as we can tell, it's going to be a dome. Man, go in there. Your boy in chat's talking about how. Uh, he said it was like a nine or eight and a half the other day with Granky. I've seen it a few times, like where it wasn't that day, but I seen it. I still remember it was a ten and a half one day with two decent pitchers, and I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, so I don't know. And of course, you know they also have the humidor there in Arizona too. And if you look at the numbers from last season, the sample size, yada yada yada. But the you know the the, the runs went down uh, for Arizona too. So that that is kind of weird. But of course, overall runs are up this year. So I don't know how Vegas is adjusting to that, and that's. That's your, well, your forte than my forte. You're kind of paying attention to that. So maybe you're onto something. I, I can't say I've noticed it. It's not that I'm even onto it because I don't have like any numbers. Like, I don't know if it's gone under a bunch of those games or over or anything as far as that. I just know purely just looking at it, the number looked weird to me. Like, the number was too high. I don't know if it ended up winning or losing even. So here's the thing I think there's like a separator as far as six really good, the six, the six best pitchers uh, Robbie Ray, Barrios, Nola, Bieber. Uh, Boyd and Peacock um, and you know Boyd's got a matchup against Houston which is terribly unappealing with all those ready power hitters of course uh, the lineup is weakened to some degree with Altuve hitting the uh, the injured list but still you know it's it's pretty vaunted at the top uh, Barrios great matchup against uh, the Angels as far as a run prevention perspective not a very good team but of course they don't strike out a ton um, he is a better pitcher at home for what it's worth too we'll kind of run through it in a second and then you got Ray and Nola Nola feels like the tournament play although they did kind of lower his price down to kind of tempt you for cash um, you know, Milwaukee, of course, tons of power, but they're also willing, uh, they're willing to strike out as well. Uh, and the Robbie Ray is the most expensive, I believe, on fantasy draft and on, and on DK facing those pirates in that ballpark. The pirates on a particularly good lineup, but another lineup that doesn't strike out a ton. Uh, who did I miss? Oh, and Peacock against Detroit. Detroit's not a very good team. We'll talk about it from a lefty ready perspective as well, too. When we hit the plate IQ, um, it's, you know, enough. There's a, a fair amount of righties in there to make Peacock kind of interesting. He's also the cheapest of the bunch, too. And the Beebs against the White Sox, you know, not a very good lineup either. Are you with me as far as like those six are clearly distinctly better than the rest of the uh, the rest of the arms out there? Those six are better than the other six. <laughs> There's only twelve on the slate. Well, it's a You're divider. Like, my it, point though, yeah, like yeah. I mean, I kind of agree they're better, but yeah, I mean, the the Seattle guy's been good too, and he's facing an Oakland team that strikes out. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I know people – the one guy in chat's, like, making fun of us for saying everybody's a good play. But in baseball, I think it's different than other sports. It's not like basketball where you have a set projection, set minutes. And yeah. that, like, baseball, you can have a night where every game is pretty low scoring and these pitchers end up in the same range. I'm not going to tell you I like someone way more than another if I kind of don't. I mean, I'm going to tell you what, what we think. And – I really don't see any of these pitchers. I think Ray for sure, Ray for sure for me is my top guy just because I think he has the most upside and I don't really value Pittsburgh all that much, especially against a lefty. Like some of the guys I'm scared of are better from the left side. So I think he's my top guy for sure, but like I don't have to have him by any means. 
Yeah, so depending on what lineup we get from Pittsburgh, we definitely can get a lineup that can strike out a fair bit. Like if Tucker cracks the lineup, it's a small sample size, but he struck out a ton. A, a ton. A ton. I was looking at Young Ho Gung as well, too, and I guess I was combining those words. Young Ho Gung's another guy who strikes out a lot. Again, we don't have a Pittsburgh lineup just yet. Uh, Cervelli will strike out a fair bit. Uh, Reynolds, again, small sample on Reynolds, but he struck out uh, as well. You don't want to see Melky Cabrera because he's not a this great bat necessarily, but he is a good contact hitter. Still kind of waiting on Pittsburgh. Uh, hook up, a, hook us up with a lineup there, Pittsburgh. But yeah, I, I agree, and I'm going to have some Rays. Probably not my top guy just because dollar for dollar. I will say uh, on Fanduel, he's like the fourth or fifth pitcher listed, so he's probably a better player with air than he is on Fantasy Draft or on DK. Uh, Tony, I, I think today's an interesting day to lean on ownership projection because we have all these guys kind of sort of congested, and you know if you can sort of find one of these six that are that whoever is the lowest owned uh, amongst these six. I'm perfectly fine rostering more than the field. Is that that's sort of my thought process for tournaments? I mean, I don't really see any of them being higher owned, though. Uh, I don't know. Like, who do you think is going to be the highest owned out of them? Like, there's not an obvious chalk play, is there? Um, it depends. I think Peacock uh, is going to be the he's guy. He's got the worst umpire too. Like he, I did see that. Peacock's like the one you naturally trust the least, too, right? Well, he's been up and down as far as his case, but uh, I think he's going to be up against Detroit. Uh, you know, last two seasons, it, it is kind of tricky when you look at his numbers because last year he pitched out of the pen. Uh, you're going you're to get more Ks out of the pen, but the last two seasons, 31.5% carry, which is awesome, obviously. Uh, this year it's down to like 25 or 26. I'm jumping all over the place with my pages. You're, Let's see where you're right, though, with the numbers. Like, So right now, Jamino's got him 42% on a site like DraftKings. If Peacock on this slate where all these pitchers look similar is going to be 50% own range, uh, that's an easy fade for me. I just won't play Peacock if we think he's going to be that high owned. So 24.7% K rate for Peacock this season, uh, backed by a kind of a poor 9.3% swinging strike rate. That's not very impressive. But if you look at the splits the last two years, uh, he strikes out 36.7% of righties. That's a big number. And count up the righties in that Detroit lineup. We got uh, six, I believe. Collectively, they strike out a 24.8%. Uh, you know, Harrison, Jones, Greener. Uh, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, Stewart and Castellanos, even they're better hitters. Goodrum, they strike out a fair bit too. Uh, I think I, I think dollar for dollar is probably the best play in fantasy draft. Uh, and, and on DK, I, I am a little bit. Not, look, it's not going to chase you away that he's got a bad umpire, right? I don't think it's chasing me away. No, it's never like the set, set factor that, but when you factor it in with he's going to be high-owned and the umpire, and I don't really like him that much more than the other guys, then it chases me away, though. I wouldn't let it chase me away just having the umpire, though. Okay. Uh, you were talking about Ray. We kind of touched on Ray as well. We don't have a Pittsburgh lineup just yet. but most I think likely... Ray is my favorite for sure. Like, the more I'm looking at it, just because I, I don't want to just say I like them all equally, I think he's the most expensive, which is naturally going to get people off of him a little bit just because the other guys are similar. And I think I like the Pittsburgh matchup fine. I'm not worried about the park. He's got he's shown a ton of upside too at times, like always. And I, I, give me Ray. I, I'm going to go with Ray. Are you taking a stand on Nola? Like, how many lineups are you rolling out today? Like, are you considering like two or three guys on Milwaukee, a little mini stack, and one, and then a Nola lineup as far as another? Do you have enough lineups to get there and do something like that? Or because if you go either way, that that's that's, that's, I, that's, yeah. not, a, that's not an answer people want to hear. And I, like it always can go either way because it's baseball, but like this. Especially with Milwaukee, though, like more more so than any other team. Like any pitcher against Milwaukee, I feel like 
even these good guys, you, you can roll the dice and play Nola, but man, it feels like Milwaukee always bangs up these pitchers like this. It's just, they're so good. And they got so many lefties. I mean, they got what, five, six lefties in there today. And they just have so many grinder hitters. Yelich is a beast. I don't like Nola that much. I just would rather play Ray. Yeah. And Nola this year, like, you know, the swinging strikes are way down. He's what he's got the, uh, the third or fourth lowest swinging strike rate on this slate for whatever reason, big name, obviously 23.8% K rates, pretty solid. Uh, he's been unlucky when it comes to home run, the fly ball rate this year for what it's worth. 23.5%. That should come down the bad to 330, 336 as well too. So uh, that'll, that suggests, you know, his ERA is four, five, seven. That's why the uh, Sierra is just four, one, four been a bit lucky. Uh, I don't mind him. I don't fully trust him. And I'm probably going to have some shares and I'm probably going to be playing. We'll talk about some of the hitters in a second, but like, yeah, I'm okay with Travis Shaw as a one-off against him. Just he's well, no the reason he's super cheap, but uh, yeah, it, it, I don't mind the lefty power. Mustakis, uh, Yelich, of course, always in play, especially on a six-game slate. And uh, the Beebs, how do you feel about the Bieber? I definitely don't like the Bieber, just because uh, the White Sox strike out a ton, so that's an advantage. He's projected good. I mean, he's the best point per dollar play on on the bat, so. I mean, people people are going to like him and play him. Everybody likes picking on the White Sox. But on this slate where I don't love a ton of offense, I think the White Sox actually might be my favorite stack, as crazy as it sounds. Uh, I just like the way the lineup's set up. This Tilson guy at the top, I mean, I kind of have liked him and played him a little bit at the bottom. So I like him getting the one hole. Mankata, I always like against righties. And then you got three guys that you can always play, Abreu, Alonzo, Anderson. Obviously, on Fantasy Draft and FanDuel, you get kind of a nice edge where you can play Abreu and Alonzo together. Mm-hmm. No one's going to play the White Sox today, and I like the park. It is a little colder there, not not great hitting weather, but this is a good slate to take a chance, I think, on a lower-owned stack because if you hit a stack that goes off tonight, I think you're going to have a chance to win a tournament, especially one of the lower ones because – I just don't think that's going to be that high of a scoring night for offense. I think a few of these big offenses like Houston, they have somewhat of a tough matchup. You got all these teams, Arizona. I don't really ever like Arizona. So them is the chalk. I don't like them. I kind of like the White Sox. So that naturally just gets me off Bieber. I think Arizona is interesting for tournaments because they're like just more expensive than they probably should be. They're more expensive than everybody else. And like, can you imagine paying that price for Jared Dyson? Like, <laughs> I just couldn't. He might be the highest scoring guy tonight. Go ahead. But I just can't yeah. imagine paying that price for Jared Dyson. But, like, you're you're better off to answer this question than I am. But when I'm making tournament lineups, I just don't care about prices. And sometimes no, I embrace. No, for sure. Yeah. You almost ignore the prices and just put Jam Arizona in there. That Just don't worry about the prices. Pay five Arizona dudes and then just figure it out. The other part of that is uh, you're talking about you think it's going to be kind of a low-scoring night, and I feel the same way, and I don't know how much I'm stacking. Like, I think in my tournament lineups, it's going to be like 3-3-2. Three, three, Just get good pieces here, good pieces there. I mean, one that, off is here. Sta- that is stacking, isn't it? Well, when people talk stacking, they generally mean like five guys from one team, don't they? Or like a double stack on Fanduel, like four and four or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I consider stacking any, any sort of thing like that. I mean, four, three, one. Four, I mean, anything to where you're you're putting guys in a line like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely could be. I don't. I could also see it being a five and three night though, or five one 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 type night because 
I really think it. If one of these teams scores 12 runs, I, I think they're going to be in really good shape tonight. Uh, they're asking about fires coming off the no hitter. Like, there's no chance. He's still probably the worst pitcher in this slate. He's not good. Uh, and I, I imagine they'll probably hold him back to some degree. They're not going to push him his arm. He went, he threw like 131 pitches last time. There's no chance I'm throwing five. Like I wouldn't play him if he, you know, went six innings last game and threw three innings. My, my issue here, I just don't think there's any reason to scrape the bail for the pitchers because I think amongst these six guys, at least two are going to emerge. Hopefully I get the right combination. And I keep saying, and we seem to agree, like we're going to talk about the bats in a second. What bats do you like? Are you looking at the slate? Oh man, I must get this guy. I have to get that guy. I have to stack that team. What do I need? I don't need anything. Yeah, it's just not there. I mean, for, for me at least, everyone's going to like Houston because they've been just amazing and they're facing a lefty, which is always good for them. But I don't I don't know. Like, I don't feel that good about Houston. And Houston has been great to me all season. I've stacked them so many days and had big success. But I don't like them all that much today, as crazy as it sounds. And You shouldn't, yeah. though. Boyd's like the best pitcher in the slate, according to the stats. It's at the biggest K rate. He's got the <laughs> the best Sierra. He might have the lowest ERA, I think. Yeah. He's, a, he's been nasty all year. I don't – yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it. And they, they've lost El Tuve, which obviously hurts their stack, too. Like, I don't know what to do with that, but I think I'm more likely to play Boyd in a tournament. I don't – I mean, just to kind of be a little different, he's going to be well, – like, Yeah, that, that's a good, like, leverage-type play. I, I like that. I hadn't thought about it, but I do like it. Just because as we're talking about it, I'm starting to narrow down a few guys to where – like, I think I'd play him o over Bieber even or over – I like Barrios. I'm starting to like more less and less pitchers the more we talk it through here. Yeah, uh, the Houston lineup is out, 21.6% Ks versus righties for what it's worth. Uh, you know, this season, obviously, the last two seasons, Boyd more Ks versus lefties than he has versus righties. It's 23.5% versus righties, which is fine, but it's not elite or anything. Again, uh, this is also a pitcher that's taken a pretty huge leap so far this year. Boyd, it's always cool to see the guys we used to pick on graduate to the guys we actually want to roster. Uh, he, I think he's one of those dudes, right? Like, not necessarily today, but, like, he's now in that camp of, oh, let's see who Boyd's uh, – facing today eh, not a great matchup maybe we'll check back in five days but we think he's good now right yeah I mean I still remember him at least I think this is the guy from Toronto originally where he was he was highly touted coming out and I remember thinking he was going to be good and now he's finally showing it and it's this guy right are you thinking of Daniel Norris weren't they both there uh, maybe I don't know I, don't, but I, don't, I could easily be wrong either way I think he, he he's super highly touted and he's coming through now so I agree yeah like I just from watching him and watching his stuff, I think it's completely legit. And, uh, you know, a guy like Barrios might not rack up like 10 or 11 Ks or so against, you know, against the Angels team. And Angels team, by the way, it strikes out at 16.7% the last two seasons. They just don't strike out. I mean, That's a terrible number. It's so unappealing. Look uh, at the whole lineup. I mean, there's not an easy out really in there. There's not a lot you worry about, but there's not a lot of uh, – strikeouts like who 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 do you get excited about facing i mean calhoun you know is it will strike out a fair bit good will strike out a fair bit um otani uh is still kind of working his way back in and like there's a ton of power in that bat but he will strike out plenty but otherwise you know tommy the stella is an annoying guy to face uh, simmons is basically like he's like lato tuga he doesn't strike out at all uh puos at his advanced age he still makes contact and of course Pujols has been kind of hot <laughs> We're He's not been ranking a little bit. Yeah, you can you can have yourself some up for some. Oh yeah, I'm definitely not playing him against Barrios, but he has been hot. Yeah, so but maybe Barrios is a guy that can go like eight innings. Like can kind of get there yeah. just for longevity. 
Um, but, you know, it's hard to make an argument for him. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think the RG app is talking to me or something like that. I'm not really sure what's going on. But uh, your favorite hitters, uh, who was your favorite hitter on the slate before he dive in and go, like, around the horn? So, I mean, these nights are my favorite nights for tournaments because everyone's a little uncomfortable. And like I said, White Sox are my favorite team. So, I think Mankata is my, my favorite play. And I don't think he's going to be owned at all at 4-9 four, four on DK. Super expensive on fantasy draft. I don't think anyone's going to play him, and he's my favorite play on the slate. So those are always the nights I like to play tournaments when I'm going to like guys that other people aren't on. Uh, all right. You want to go around the horn, hit our favorite plays at each position? Yeah. Uh, catcher. You don't want the roster one, of course, on fantasy draft. You don't want the roster one on Fandle. Uh, you do have the roster one on DK and Yahoo. Uh, if you are going to roster, well, you have to roster catcher. Who, who's your favorite catcher? My thing just locked up on me here. When I Talk about catcher real quick while this thing reloads. Yeah, so I think uh, Garver's been really good, and he, he's once again batting the top of the lineup there for, for Minnesota. I think Minnesota's one of the more appealing teams today. Team total just under five. Of course, that's hit to some degree with uh, the boomstick. Nelly Cruz not in the lineup once again. Um, Garver's looked legit. I don't like to spend up on catcher if I can avoid it, but if I can, you know, if I have the funds and we keep talking about it, I, I think it could be an edge uh, in tournaments. Probably can't get there in cash games. Um, but again, it's not that hard to fill out lineups where, you know, you, you, I don't know if you, I don't know if you, how many lineups you built so far today, but for me, it wasn't that difficult getting most of the guys I wanted. So I'm okay. Spending up on Garver. Uh, if we get Cervelli uh, and cracking the lineup once again, I don't really want to pick on Robbie Ray, but he's like dirt, dirt, dirt cheap. So sure. I suppose hold her nose and maybe he can grab himself, uh, you know, five points or something like that, which is good enough for me. But, uh, otherwise, it's, uh, you know, it, I know you like, you're probably going to like Beef, right? Because he's cheap and he's on the White Sox you like. Yeah, I mean, we, we say the same thing about catcher every day, first of all. Like, if you you always look at the catcher on your stack naturally, just because catcher sucks. I mean, you're either going to play a cheap guy, you're going to go up for a position like, like you said, Garver tonight. Super expensive, but he gives you leverage on the field if he has a big game, too, because so many of these guys are going to bust, so. Yeah, for me, it's either Garver at the top. I don't hate Chirinos either. We talked up Boyd, but he's kind of that same type play where if you pay up, you're looking for a home run and to get separation from a weak position. So either those two at the top, and then, yeah, I agree. Like Cervelli, I don't ever really play him. And Ray's my top pitcher, but he's just so cheap that if he gets you up somewhere else, that that I kind of like that. And then my, my favorite's obviously going to be Beef, though. I mean, the White Sox, he's down in the bottom of the order. Like, no one is going to play Beef tonight. Just no one. It's just no one's going to play these White Sox. So sign me up. Like, beef, it, Beef's my guy. I did mention uh, La Tortuga. Minnesota's actually rolling out three catchers. They got Garver, Garver uh, Jason Castro, and Williams Estudio is batting sixth. And, uh, and they're going to be kind of a chalky stack with three catchers in the lineup. Well, how do you make that? Uh, it, it's easy to do. I mean, obviously, you're not going to roster them all. Uh, you can roster two of those guys, or you can roster all three in theory, like in fast draft. I don't think it's necessary, but I do like the first two. Uh, Garver. You're in a tournament with three catchers in your lineup. You should get that month of premium, too, on uh, RG. Do they need a certain badge or just any, just no matter what, they get it automatically? You went with three catchers, you just automatically win again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is worth mentioning, by the way, also about Houston. I know the matchup's kind of tough, but – uh, on the roads, they're locked in for a guaranteed nine innings and that Detroit bullpen is atrocious. So let's just say like Boyd goes, you know, five and a third or maybe six innings or so when he gives a two or three runs, maybe a solo shot, somebody else. Houston can absolutely ravage that bullpen. 
uh, and, and put up four, five, six runs and get to you know get to them late, and that that, that could be a way to get there. And we we think this slate's going to be kind of low scoring, so maybe that's enough. Or again, if you're just rostering like a three Astros and two of them get there, you're well on your way. I can see that happening too. That's a real good point. Like I could see them being dead the whole game. Like everyone's like, oh, the Houston stack busted, and then the eighth inning they hit three bombs or something, and all of a sudden the whole stack gets there. So. Yeah, I can see that. That's a good point. I mean, once he goes out, that lineup's a lot more live. Who do you got for me at first? First base has uh, kind of been a little weaker all year, but tonight, for whatever reason, I, I kind of like it. Like, you got Guriel as a cheap price uh, against Boyd. He's going to be popular. I, I kind of like Goodrum. I always like Nico Goodrum against righties when he's in the one hole. It's just one of those things that I like. I mean, I always like him from the left side of the plate. Super cheap, and he's going to be pretty low-owned against Peacock. So, definitely like him. Obviously, my White Sox, Alonzo and Abreu are two of my favorites. And I think I would choose Alonzo over Abreu just because of the price. Like you said, though, price might not matter all that much tonight. But Alonzo, lefty, righty, he's just so cheap that – is he going to be pop more popular than I think just because of the price or no? Like no I don't know like because, again, you know, I don't know how much that salary you need. And I think Beaver is, like, good enough where people are say, like, if they're not rostering, they're still probably not going to look to pick on him. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that Abreu is the guy you get lower owned because he's yeah. just more expensive. No one can physically – like, him and him and Mankata, man, are so expensive that I just don't see how they can be owned. Yeah, unless you force it, which I, I totally understand forcing. You talk about Tilson – uh, not a lot of power, but he's got some wheels for what it's worth. Uh, I'm not sure how uh, Beaver can hold on some runners, but uh, th- that's kind of worth noting if you want that one-hole player. Uh, as a card-carrying member of Team BBP, uh, what do I do with E5? I want and Encarnacion. I want to pick on Mike What's Fires. What's his BBP? It's not good. Uh, he's, faced, he's faced Mike Fires, I believe. 26 plate appearances, 23 official at-bats, three hits, two dongs, seven Ks. Uh, two dongs and 26 can't be too bad. Yeah, and I was looking at his, uh, you know, I dove into the StatCast stuff, too, and he's been a little unlucky against them for what it's worth, but I believe he averaged, his average exit velocity against them was like 85 miles per hour, which isn't particularly great, but it's still, like, supposedly his numbers should be better than that for what it's worth. And that, that's the kind of thing I kind of look at, like, when I see a BBP, I kind of dig it again more as far as StatCast, like, we're hitting the ball hard, at least, and, you know, a little better, but, uh, and there, there is some pop, and, of course, I want to pick on Fires because, you know, he's a fly ball pitcher, and he's not protected by Oakland as much, Seattle not this great name hitters ballpark, but it's a better hitters ballpark than it is in a uh, cavernous. What are they, what is it? O.co? What do they call it in Oakland these days? It's still called O.co? I don't know. I don't even know what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Um, he's not, he's not going to get his no hitter tonight. He's going to give up a, a dong tonight to E5. Uh, anything else at first that's worth noting, or shall we move on? People want to talk about the old uh, keystone position. Yeah, let's move it over. I like Santana versus Lopez. You didn't hit, if you didn't hit that one, I didn't even talk about the White Sox, but. I think Ronaldo Lopez is one of the worst pitchers in the slate too. And that he's been time. better though, hasn't he? Like he's been solid. Did he get? He got might have got rocked one of those starts, but he's he's looked he's looked a lot better to me. I think he's been good against like one team. Um, it's if you look at his stats, he was really good against Detroit. Yeah, he's had like two really good starts against Detroit, and everybody else banged him around except for Tampa. But it's it's just kind of funny. So he's got the Tigers number, I suppose you can say that, but. Uh, all right, uh, second base, what do you have for me? Because I think, uh, Tony, you're the tournament guy, but for cash, uh, Jason Kipnis is going to be so popular. And he's not good. Like, he's, he's fine. He's, not he's like pretty he's bad, good. actually. Like, he's been bad for a couple of years. Forever, really. I mean, he sucks, kind of. <laughs> he yeah, he's going to be super popular. <clears throat> he I told mean, a funny story on uh, Trevor Bauer's, like, podcast. Did you see that by chance? 
I didn't see it. I heard people talking about it, but I never did listen. He was talking about uh, an eight-year-old kid flipping him off, basically, <laughs> at, at, at the Fenway Park. And yeah, so, what was uh, the rest of the story? That I mean, like, he just said that this kid got in his head, basically. Uh, he, <laughs> he was saying that there was a kid behind him. He was in the dugout, and, it's, and he said, like, uh, Kip, Kip. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna ignore this. I'm just gonna ignore. It. I'm gonna ignore it. And after like seven times, he finally turned around. And he sees an eight year old kid flipping him off, and like the whole stands goes nuts. They loved it. So that, oh, they had to love it. What do you? He actually got a reaction too. And then Trevor Bauer immediately blocked him on Twitter. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so Kipis is your cash game guy because it just makes so much sense. Like, what do you have? Those for- are the plays too. I think I talk about this every time I do a show with you, but. These are the plays where I just don't understand people in baseball. I don't understand, even in cash, I don't understand why you want to play a dead chalk Jason Kipnis. Well, who should I play in cash if not Kipnis? I don't, you don't always have to play like the, just the cheapest guy in a good lineup position. Like that's what that's people Kipnis. always do. Uh-huh. Who, who should it be? Like Pinder? Uh, anybody else. Like, <laughs> you don't have to like you said the salary doesn't matter tonight like jason kipnis how often is he not going to get you like five tonight <laughs> he might get five but he might not get eight um, yeah that's what i mean like he's gonna he's gonna get like a single and a run or something tonight like it, he can steal like, a bag he's got a little bit of wheels how many steals does jason kipnis got he's still on the other day it's a little, little bit of legs left in the, uh, the tank, I believe. Uh, he's still he's still on a base in two consecutive games. He's, his legs are hot. Those are his only two steals. Well, he's, he missed a good portion of the season. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got 13 and a 10. I mean, I, I get why people do it. Like, it, it's just he's in the two-hole on a pretty good spot. He's dirt cheap. I mean, you can always project. Like, he's going to be chalk every time in that spot. But, yeah, he, I give mean. Give me the pivots. I want the pivots away. I don't want to play him in tournaments, but I still might. That's why he's right. going to be so high on because second base does suck. I mean, you look at the rest of the position, it's just there's nothing there. I mean, uh-huh. even my White Sox, like Yolmer, <laughs> Diaz from Houston, I think you could play against a lefty. Frazier is lefty-lefty. He might not even be in the lineup tonight. I don't know. Like, I guess what about the Marte in tournaments? Overspending yeah. Patel. That's what I was going to say. Like, that, I think that would be a pivot. Like, go up. Instead of going to that same cheap range where it's tough, go up to a guy like Marte, knowing people aren't going to really want to play him in the five hole. He's what he's His price just looks wrong. Like, 5200 for Marte is crazy. But he's shown some upside at times, at least. A couple double dong game. Uh, yeah, I like that, pivoting up. But, man, it's a bad position. I could even see going down to Adrianza and just total savings, 2800 on DK. Yeah, don't mind Moose. No, it really is. We talked about one-offs against Nola. I don't mind Moose against Nola. Uh, I don't think it's the worst play. Yeah. And we we kind of just neglected Freddie Peralta, in, you know, in our pitching conversation. And I don't know what to do with Freddie Peralta. Like he's obviously a tournament play only, if anything. Uh, a lot of extreme upside for sure. And Philly's been struggling a little. Yeah, how many lineups you got to make the roster, Freddie? Not that many. I mean, I think I got like five or six out there right now on each site. Like, I, I might have a Freddie. On FanDuel, it's a lot harder, but DK and Fantasy Draft, I, yeah, you, you can definitely get to Freddie. Yeah, um, that, that's definitely tournament only because the, the, the variety of outcomes you can get with Peralta <laughs> is like 35 points and like negative 10. And like, that's not. He's got to have the widest splits in all of pitching. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that's an egregious take at all. What do you have for me as far as the hot corner third base? So third base is, yeah, I mean, Mankata for me, I just think he's 
Yeah, I was about to. I, I had to scroll way down to find him. I'm like, he's still eligible at third, right? I, I had to go all the way to the bottom of the list though to find him. So, yeah, I, I love Mankata tonight. No one's gonna play him. He's got Jack in a bag, whatever you call it, upside. He can do it all. So I like him, but there's tons of good plays. I mean, you got some of the best players in baseball, Bregman and Jose Ramirez, both in good spots. Bregman coming off a double dong, getting hot. You even got cheap guys like Jung Ho Kong or Kang, however you say his name, going against a lefty. I I mean, you can't ever go wrong playing a guy like that for that cheap. You got Candelario, super cheap, coming off a big game. You got Travis Shaw. What What is up with everyone being dirt cheap at this position tonight? Well, Shaw's just been terrible. I think that's the reason why Awful. he's cheap. We so, talked about him, what, two weeks ago, and he still hasn't done anything since. He's been terrible in theory, like it's still there, right? And the matchup's obviously not good. The ballpark's certainly fine. Is he still getting unlucky like you were telling me or whatever you were you were preaching about him? Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't preaching. I was just looking at what the numbers are telling me. He's got 28 points in his last 20 games, I think. I'm just that looking seems, at it. That seems bad. Uh, that seems 28 bad. points in 20 games. Think about that. That's uh, is that for real? <laughs> I mean, it was a quick, it was a quick addition here, but it was. My point is, it's awful no matter what the. Number. You're adding a lot of zeros, which isn't that doesn't take long, I guess, right? <laughs> it was a quick, it was a quick number. Well, speaking of guys that are you know probably not playing where they should be, what about Jose Ramirez? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's always going to be one of my favorite guys. He's just he always gives you a chance to to win. But Cleveland, man, Cleveland has been bad on offense. I just don't like Cleveland. I, this is my favorite position. This is why I like Mankata, though, because all these other guys are pretty good plays. I mean, you can play Gurriel there, too. There's literally, like, it's got to be the deepest position. you got Chapman against a lefty. you got Fletcher. And not Fletcher tonight in the nine hole, I guess. But my point is you got at least ten guys you can play, and no one's going to play Mankata, which is what I want in a six-game tournament slate because – when he's the guy that goes for 20-some points tonight, he's going to have a chance to win you the slate at 3% owned. So uh, I was digging into Ramirez earlier, and I think he's going to be the Chacos and Ramirez just because the price is kind of down. The name still sort of pops, and you know Lopez is somebody you can definitely pick on. Uh, he Last year, he sort of overachieved. This year, he's underachieving. There's you know the, the real guys somewhere in the middle. I think he'll be fine. And you, you asked about Shaw. I pulled him up real quickly as far as this season. Uh, his barrel percentage is down from 10.3% to 7.1%. The exit velocity is down from 88 uh, and change to 87.5%. Uh, the X batting average is 189. That is horrendous. The WOBA is 244. The X WOBA is 271. So he's getting slightly unlucky. But the other part is he's striking out so much. He's at 32.2% striking out this year, which is uh, that's very high. He struck at 18% last year. These are the guys, like, I just don't feel like those stats matter to me. Like, he's just been awful. Until I see something, I don't even want to look at him. Like, those stats you just said, I care more about, like, say I want to decide between Escobar and Guriel tonight or something. Like, two guys, like, then I want to hear, like, the differences between the number. A guy that's just been terrible or a guy that's been good. Like, if a guy's been incredible all year, I don't care if he's getting lucky. Like, I'll play him until he gets starts getting cold. Uh, let's jump to shortstop. What do you have for you at shortstop? Speaking of guys that, uh, I think we're staying with the Indians as far as the chalk, right? Francisco Lindor. Yeah. I mean, Lindor's going to be popular tonight just because he always is. He's in the one hole. His price looks too cheap, but again, the Indians just haven't been great. He hasn't been well, what we expect from him. And yeah, I mean, there's just not that much there. You got Correa 
against a lefty. I think he may be right there with Lindor just as far as popularity. And then the, the Arizona guys, kind of like you said, the prices just feel high, but they are the highest stack of the night. I might end up liking Arizona more than I did initially, just when we're going position by position. You can see how overpriced they are. Kind of like the White Sox. Like the White Sox feel pretty high too, some of these guys. Like Timmy Anderson tonight, another guy. This is the third White Sox guy that we've got to that just can't be owned. Like he can't be. People can't physically play Timmy Anderson. I agree. But that being said, he's he's had as good a year as anybody, right? And he's is got he much upside. Tonight? Do we see a bad flip in his future? I mean, I hope so because he's going to be on my team. Uh, yeah, I mean, Crawford's super cheap if he cracks that two hole there against Fires. We don't really know what that lineup yet for Seattle is just yet. If he does, that, that's an interesting spot to save some salary if he can't spend up. Uh, Polanco, I don't mind on that Minnesota side either picking on Skaggs, who, you know, he's fine, but you got to pick on somebody. And there's only so many pitchers that are worth picking on. All right, let's. Uh, I've been informed. You're not going to believe this, Tony. I hope you're sitting down. We're a little bit behind on time. How about that? Uh, no, that's how we roll. What do the people want to see? Uh, let's, let's see if they throw up uh, as far as a premium peak before we, uh, you know, talk about the outfielders. Do you want to see today's ownership projections? Take a peek at that. Uh, we'll show you something behind the paywall. Of course, there's so many different options out there. Can't show you everything. Uh, the lineup HQ premium, cheese's million dollar musings, the expert rankings, crunch time. You guys get access to if you're premium members. You get Ross weather edge, ownership percentage, uh, the premium podcast, which already happened. Uh, expert survey. Uh, Slate IQ, all that good stuff, and many, many more options, uh, things that are available for premium members. Uh, the people are going to give us some uh, options in the chat, I imagine. But you tell me, who's your favorite outfielder tonight? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's redundant every time we talk about outfield, but it really is that way. Like, it depends on who you're stacking and what kind of roster you're building because there's just so many good outfielders that you could make a case for anybody depending on your stack. But I would have to start any list I do with George Springer. Like, how many days does he hit a leadoff the game, not the inning, the game home run? So you just instantly start, right? Before you even realize the Houston game has started, you just see 14 <laughs> points or 18 points on FanDuel for your guy. Like, every night, you don't even know your guy has started yet, and he hits a bomb. And it's just so nice getting that bomb to start, facing a lefty. George Springer's got to be my top guy, but again, like it depends on your roster construction. There's a million different outfielders. Tony, the people are out there. I have to cut you off. The people are out there. They're playing Roto Grinders Bingo, and I feel like this is where I got to have him cross off and scream Bingo. We live in the world of a salary cap. He's really, really expensive. Yeah, dollar for dollar. Bryce Harper. Well, he should be when he hits a bomb every day. Yes, he should. I agree. <laughs> the price is fair. That's what it should be. I don't love the matchup either. Of course, he's he's got a decent shot of facing a bullpen arm, if not just once, but maybe twice. Uh, and that, that could certainly happen if Boyd doesn't, doesn't go all the way around. You know, it doesn't hit him four times necessarily. This guy's box scores are just ridiculous. <laughs> like he he hits bombs like every day, literally. It's just all 47, 12, 20, 20, 21, 27, 25. Like he's got like eight games in the 20 plus range. I uh I think I I, mean, I love I love him. I don't know if I can get there in cash in cash. I'll see if I can. If I can, I'm thrilled about it, but uh, the discount for Christian is where you, you can get to him, right? Because you're playing all these freaking cheap guys like Jason Kipnis and all these other scrubs to get you to good guys. I don't know because I may be spending up at first on a Encarnacion, but I may I may save some salary. You're spending up for Encarnacion? I think he, I just think he hits a homer tonight. Oh, That's all. God. 
I, I think Mike Fires is a fraud. So, yes, he's, and if not, if not him, like Mitch Hanniger. Can we get some side out. action, and can I pick like any other first baseman against him? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> like I'll take Alonzo even. Like oh, please, well, slide in the DMs, man. Let's make it oh, happen. Incarnacion. <laughs> so Harper Ooh. is too cheap, and Chris Davis is too cheap, right? I just never play Harper, man. Like, uh, he's been too cheap for a long time. I made fun of him the one night and he hit a grand slam, but I've made fun of him a lot. Uh, has he been getting – he's been getting a little better. I mean, he, he's a, he's a cash-type play. Like, everyone keeps playing him. I get it. His price is cheap. But I'm just never going to play Bryce Harper, really. He's just not a guy that I play all that much. I can see why people do it, though. Peralta's been really good, too, another Arizona guy that – Arizona's going to end up being lower owned than they should be tonight. You're right. You said oh, that at the beginning. And they're the highest the highest total of the night on a six-game slate, and they're going to be too low owned. So that, that it's more interesting than I thought I was going to be in it. <laughs> uh, the, the chat's having some fun there. They're saying uh, EE, uh, Edwin Encarnacion's actually, he pops in the back today for what it's worth. There you go. So maybe Cardi's on to something. Oh, I'm sure you already looked through all of it, and that's why you like it. That's something. I mean, like, I, I do take a peek at it, and I always, sometimes I'll agree with the projection models, and sometimes I disagree. It's just the way it is. But uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'm like the smartest guy in the room, and I can't learn anything from anybody else. I don't have that kind of mentality. So baseball is the perfect sport to, to learn from other people's numbers and stuff. And also, like, it's also worth noting for baseball, like, the projections are. Uh, they are just at their projections, and the guy projected for you know seven less points can easily double the, the the next guy. You know that's just how it works. For hitters, I've never understood even remotely looking at projections for hitters. Like we can talk about, like I don't get it at all because it, it's just all if they hit a home run or not. Like I don't. It's better for cash than tournaments, I would imagine. Yeah, you know? for and sure. One like, for dollar too. Yeah. And the the, uh, the the pitcher projections, I think, have more value than the hitter projections. For what I it's agree. Worth. I love the picture projections for what it's worth. What shall we show? Uh, what, what, what do you want to show the people here today? Ownership projection? Are you curious as far as what's going down ownership-wise? I saw. Yeah, let's, let's look at the. Let's see what hitters look like. I didn't look at the hitters. Let's fire up the projection ownership. Uh, who do you think? I, I think uh, Jason Kipnis is going to be one of the most popular players on the slate. Maybe I'm wrong. No, uh, he definitely is. Uh, we're doing the screen share here in a. Well, I'm sure your boy Bryce Harper is going to be high on too because he is every day. Look at that. I haven't looked at it yet today, but the number one projected ownership player on uh, – it happens to be on DK right now is 35% Jason Kipnis, which is like – I believe You're supposed it. to fade that, right? I mean, the only <laughs> thing I will say about it is second base is terrible. So, I don't, I don't completely hate it, even though I don't think it's that good of a play. Second base sucks, though. And just to show how it works differently on the site, so I'm kind of scrolling down. I pulled the fan staff projections. Am I missing it? Can I not even find Jason Kipnis? Like, obviously, you don't need I see. Or no, I, my thing's delayed at what I'm looking at, I think. I think Bryce Harper going. is a top guy uh, because he's 8K over there, which is just I – know, I know you don't want to play Bryce Harper, but that's kind of an egregious price, is it not? I kind of agree. I mean, I hate to keep agreeing with you, but like you said, pricing never really matters to me. And in baseball, it really doesn't. <laughs> I mean, the White Sox are overpriced tonight. I know they are, but it's not basketball. Like basketball, you don't want to play a guy that's overpriced. Baseball, sometimes I want to play them more if they're overpriced because no one's going to play them. If you get a low-owned stack at 1% or 2% that scores a bunch of runs, you're going to win the slate. It doesn't matter anything else. It doesn't matter how you got there. Yeah, I mean, as far as like cash games, I think it matters more. Obviously, for sure. Yeah, it's it's two different 
it's two different ways to look at it, obviously. Two way different things, too. Like in baseball, it's two different worlds. Theoretically, you really, every, I always say this too basketball, football, every other sport, really, you should put your cash into tournaments just because it's the best team. Baseball, I really don't think you should be putting your cash team in tournaments all that much. Maybe little stuff just in case, but like not big tournaments because theoretically you shouldn't win a tournament with your cash team in baseball. Yeah, I, what I'll do sometimes I'll flip like one or two players. I'll flip like my one chalky player for somebody that's yeah. just as good, but like in you your know, stack or something. Yeah, or I, 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 and sometimes I don't even stack because you know, I, I'm I have that, I'm that guy because I and I understand why you stack and I do it sometimes too, but you know, and they, all this, the numbers say the stacks win. Well, that's because people know to stack. So uh, I, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> And on a six-game slate, like send me, a, the, send me a, a screenshot one night when you win without a stack. <laughs> I'll send you one tonight, maybe. We I, I mean, I'll give you credit. I'll give you props when I see it because it's <laughs> tough sledding without stacking. Yeah. Uh, as far as ownership for, for the arms, it's like a kind of peak here. As far as uh, we have Peacock, we talked about. Obviously, his numbers are always in flux. We have Peacock, then Bieber, then Nola, then Ray. Then Freddie Peralta, which is like that one, I don't totally agree with. It's just price, I think. Like he's way cheaper than the other guys. The ones that are really interesting to me are Boyd and Barrios, uh, projected at ten and seven percent respectively. I think they're really interesting tournament plays because there is Peralta's upside. basically the cheapest on the slate, right? Who's that? Peralta. Uh, essentially, yeah, Kingham is a little yeah. bit cheaper, but same range though. Yeah, well, th- that's kind of what they've done with the pitching prices this year. They kind of squeezed them, though, right? You know, like the top yeah. guys have gone down a little bit, and the cheap guys have gone up a little bit. So it's just going to kind of look like that. Uh, let's jump off that. Let's roll up to, uh, some questions in the chat. If you have any questions there from the old YouTube, feel free to like, subscribe, fire the He's going to put down the hummus. He's going to fire the questions here in chat. We'll knock out as many as possible before we step aside and get out of here. As those questions are loading, Tony, give me your favorite stacks and three dudes that are going to bang homers. Yeah, for me, I mean, people that have watched the whole show know I'm kind of on Arizona or on White Sox, but the Arizona is another stack that I think will be low owned for what they possess. Like they, they got the highest implied total of the slate, and they're overpriced. I mean, even the guys at the bottom of the lineup are overpriced. So I definitely like Arizona more than I did. They, they'd be my second, my, my second one. But I, I love the White Sox. So bombs. Give me obviously Mancata. Give me Alonzo. Give me one Arizona guy, which is – give me Marte. Uh, we have a comment here in chat. I'm just curious what you're taking this. It says, ownership does not mean squat in baseball GPPs. That's, that's – huh? yeah, you're gonna like, that. that yeah. might be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, yeah. Ownership doesn't matter in baseball GPPs? Who said uh, that? I got, I got to call I them. mean, I don't want to call anybody out. I'm just – I'm just here. I'm just baseball GPPs. That's literally like all that does matter. It does matter. Yeah. Like Um, if you say there's a chalk, there's not a chalk game tonight, but say the Houston game was going to be super chalk tonight. If you just have one team and you put a stack of that game in there, you're not going to win. But if you put a stack in of the White Sox, you could win. uh, Some more questions here. Is Kikuchi going to be chalky? We just looked at it and I didn't think it was going to be chalky. About 10 to 15%, right? Yeah, I, I agree. He's one of the cheaper guys, though. I mean, naturally, you're probably going to want to play one of the guys at the top and one of these 7K range type guys. So I could I could see him being maybe a little higher just because of the way the slate sets up. Uh, Crone and Piscotti or Peralta and Cargo? I like I like Peralta a good bit tonight. Yeah, I, I like Peralta, too. Where did Cargo land in that lineup? Is he at the top? Like That, that lineup looks like cracked once he went in the air or something like that. Is Cleveland? Uh, they have their lineup out, I assume, right? 
Cleveland? Yeah, Kamnitz was in the two, remember? Cargo's betting cleanup. All right, yeah, I like him. Pinder versus Hernandez. Hernan- who's Hernandez? I don't know. I'm looking for Hernandez, too. <laughs> Who is Hernandez? Am I missing a guy? I uh, don't know. I mean, I'd have to look. Asleep. Oh, who's Cesar? Oh, Cesar. Okay, yeah. I, I was stumped as I well, mean, too. Is that really who they were asking? Like, It must be like a utility. Oh, yeah, Pinder. Maybe they're both second base. Yeah, they're both second base. Pinder back yeah. in second, by the way. I mean, I'd for sure take Pinder over Cesar. I'm not playing Cesar anywhere. Uh, let's see if you work. Any love for Bieber tonight? I got some love for Bieber. Doesn't sound like you have as much. I'm, I mean, I don't like Bieber. Uh, you can play a pitcher against the White Sox anytime, though. They strike out so much. I'm just, I don't hate it. No, I'm not going to even say I hate Bieber because just because I like the White Sox, I get it. They strike out a ton. There's a question that's asking me specifically. I don't know who this, am I falling into a trap? Uh, provide me an, your analysis on Hannah B. Who's Hannah B? The new Bachelorette. Oh, I have no, <laughs> I have no clue who that is. <laughs> Do you I have a on starts tonight, I think. I mean, I know she, was super, she was super boring in the last whatever show she was on, so we'll see. I'm sure, I'm sure she'll be fine. great. It's going to be the most shocking rose ceremony yet, like at least four, ter- at least four times. So that's what I'll say. Oh, at least once a week it's going to be. T, give me 20 seconds on uh, Game of Thrones without spoiling it. Man, I, I loved it. Uh, these people that I'm not going to even go into the spoilers, but these people just every week just crush the writing and this and that. The worst. It's been so brutal. Like I watch it for entertainment, and I was super entertained. I'll tell you that much. I liked it a lot. We agree. Uh, the people crushing the writing and that product—they <laughs> they gave you two movies, like episode three and episode five, were legit movies. And they've been, the whole the whole season they've been mad because well before the Battle of Winterfell they were complaining because there wasn't enough killing in action, and then they finally get some killing in action and it's still wrong to them. Like, the what do you guys want? They're the worst. Uh, they wanted to finish it in one season and these guys wanted to go like eighteen more seasons so they can have all the thing play out nice and slow. And also they can't do the math. Yeah, it's six episodes, but they're all extended episodes. Like they're not they're somewhere an hour and a half long, so they're basically. It's like a regular season. We could vent about this forever. I, and, it's, and people I also it. wagered. People wagered for certain people to die certain ways, and it didn't happen. That's why they're angry. That's my theory. Oh yeah, I believe it. Froden Shaw versus Ramirez, and uh, I guess that's uh, Martin, Leonis Martin, Martin. I mean, not not whoever was with Shaw. I, I didn't even hear the whole thing, but I'm not playing Shaw. Ramirez. Uh, it's probably Ramirez and our team. Uh, Pinder or Priscotti? Pinder. All right, we got to step aside and get out of here, Big T. Give me a give me a final thought as far as I actually story. really like Pender. By the way, I'll, I'll throw that out there. Like I, that, we didn't have a lineup. I don't think when we st- maybe we did, and I just didn't notice it. But Pender in the two hole versus lefty, I really like that actually. Yeah, and he's also a hundred dollars more than uh, than Jason Kipnis. There's one. Uh, of so that's a perfect example right there. Like I would play Pender every single time over Jason Kipnis. Like every 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 single time. Comment and check. Game of Thrones is entertaining, but not as epic as Breaking Bad. Agreed. I mean, that's show. another thing, though. Different like, they're show. both great. Like, do you really have to say one was better than the other? Like, they're both great. You don't have to, but it pressed. It pressed. It and they're so different. Like, they're not the same show. Breaking Bad was just so perfect, though. It, it was Every really good. Mattered. Everything paid off. But uh, if you guys haven't seen that, like, you know, what are you doing with your life? You fire up the Better Call Saul is just as good. It's really good. It's really good. He's I don't team. know if it'd be good without Breaking Bad, though. You kind of needed Breaking Bad, but it made it just – it made it awesome. Uh, it, the, they're asking for no dong calls. We gave the dong calls. Yeah, so we gave dong calls. 
Mancata, Alonzo, and uh, Marte for me. I'll fire mine in chat for the people. He's Tony. I'm Dean. Thanks for watching. Enjoy your baseball tonight. We're out of here. Oh!